0: Yeah, Dr. Dre is in full effect, and I gotta tell y'all a little something. Eazy-E is down with us. MC Ring, you know he's down with
1: us. DJ Yala is down with us. Arabian Prince, you know he's down with us. Tony A. the Wizard is down with us. JJ Bag is down with us. Timmy T, you know he's down with us. DJ Pooh, boy, is down with us. Toddy B and they're down with us My boy Ice Cube, you know he's down with us I like to mention, so pay attention to where I'm from Compton, but the
0: tapes are from the rhodium My name is Dre, listen while I play And by the way, I'm also
1: down with NWA Yo, Steve at the rhodium is down with us Slang funky tapes, it is a must We're number one
0: Yo, welcome everybody back to another episode of Rhodium Radio. Uh, before we get into my guest, I want to uh, cover some, uh, just some uh, news about uh, Rhodium Mixtape Documentary. We have been receiving overwhelming, overwhelming responses. It's been out for one week. And the reason why I'm announcing it is because for those that may not know, that it's out. Uh, People have been hitting me up this just this week alone. When is it coming out? And I'm just letting you know that it has been out since Monday. So since Monday, it has been out. When I talk about not this Monday, the past Monday. So it's been about a week, maybe a week and two, three days. So for those of you that have not yet seen it, like I promised you before, you will not be disappointed. You can go to uh, uh, documixery.com And that's where you can live stream it. Somebody said, well, if if I'm going to pay for it, uh, uh, why can't I just have it? Well, you know, you can't have or download anything on uh, Netflix or on Amazon. Everything is streaming today. When we were filming this, I asked people, would you prefer uh, uh, DVDs or would you prefer streaming? They said streaming. Many people don't even have DVD players. But for those few that do want DVDs. I encourage you to watch this first because it won't be till like February or March that we actually do have DVDs. Uh, The reason why we didn't come out with them at first was because uh, all it will take for one person to bootleg uh, the DVD and it'll be all over YouTube, you know, and I'm not going to give away two years years of my work because one one person wanted to bootleg it, so I ain't going to do that. Uh, But once again, you will not be disappointed. One guy actually told me, what if I don't like it? And I told him, I'll give you your money back. He wrote me and told me I love that I watched it twice. Uh, uh, Three-hour documentary, uh, you can't beat it. You will not be disappointed. Uh, But I'll share a little bit more on on this after. But once again, Rodian Radio, episode 10. Today, I have a very, very special guest. He's a good friend of mine. He's been a friend of mine now for about... uh, since the early 90s. I've I've known him when he was with the group that we'll get into, but um, he is a rapper, he is an actor, he's a comedian, and uh, he does a lot more than, but you know what, don't let me tell you, hear it from him uh, uh, yourself. Uh, Once again, without further ado, my good friend, Big Citric, yes. thank you for coming. Yes. Big doggy. Citric. <laughs> so how you doing, man? Good, doggy. How about you? Oh, dude, I'm blessed to be I'm blessed to be alive, bro. Right. I, I always tell people, as long as I'm not dead, jail, or in the hospital, <laughs> <Tell> <laughs> right? I, I, it's a blessing, bro. Exactly. So before we get into the the music, the acting, uh uh, the the comedy, uh uh,
1: where was Citric uh, uh, born and raised at? I was born in, uh, East LA, Boyle Heights, you know, uh, for those that don't know, it's right next door to downtown LA. <laughs> okay. And, uh, yeah, you know, I was, I was, I was born in Boyle Heights, but I was raised in East LA. And then because a lot of family and friends in the Boyle Heights, so I was on, on both sides. So people always go, well, what is it? East LA or Boyle Heights? Cause you're a city of East LA. Right. But I always tell people it's East Low, Boyle Heights. Cause either way you look at it, we're on the east side of LA. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs>
0: you know, right. But the city is Bull Heights. So so is, is that where you're originally from? I mean, uh, like, like for an example, like with my family, they lived in Compton first, and, but I was only there till like nine years old. And I... Moved to Wilmington. Have yeah. you always stayed there? Yeah. In the same area? Yeah. What? Uh, where are your,
1: uh, your parents from? Are they uh, from here? Are they from um, Mexico. My uh, my mom is from uh, Nayarit, from Mexico, and then my dad's from Zacatecas. Okay. Yeah. You know,
0: I asked that because one time uh, I mentioned uh, where my parents were from. They're from Torreon, Coahuila, and one yeah. guy said, "That's where my whole family's from." Like it's crazy because yeah. I rarely ever meet people from that that little town of yeah, Mexico. Yeah. You know. So um, what what elementary school did you attend in Boyle Heights?
1: Uh, I went to Belvedere Elementary. A Belvedere, yeah. and, uh, and then from there we went over to um, to uh, junior high, which which I guess is middle school now. Middle school now. Yeah. <laughs> so it it, it was a uh, Belvedere uh, junior high. Oh, okay. so yeah, so I, yeah, I said to all the Belvederes. And and <laughs> what about uh, uh high school? And in high school, it was a trip because high school I I really didn't go to high school here. I went to high school in Mexico. Oh, okay. But when I came back, I did some semesters in roosevelt garfield wilson like i kind of bounced around because like really no school would take me because i was you know like i was coming from mexico but you know the 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 i guess the the how do you say it, man? i guess the the studies are a little bit different or the, the levels of grade are a little bit different right, right so they, yeah. didn't, they didn't know whether i was already supposed to be graduating because i was a little bit more advanced Ooh. but then at the same time i was getting out of hand like i like you know what i'm saying like i, I just want you know like i wasn't having anything you know I just you know I wasn't with authority you know so right right so yeah so so we were getting into it all the time you know and you know teachers try to you know you know I call them bullies eh, anyway <laughs> right 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 but yeah we were just bouncing around so,
0: now what what made you or why did you end up going to Mexico for uh, s- several semesters of high school what what was what happened
1: there because I was getting out of hand over here with the gangs oh okay Yeah, so you know it's just that typical story where your you know your parents send you <laughs> send you away or wherever you know and it's, yeah. uh you know, mine's happened to be Mexico, so I went over there for like I think it was like two and a half years, almost three years. Do, do, do you remember yeah. still being over there? Yeah, know? yeah. It was you know it was crazy because it was like there was more freedom over there. I was doing more more dirt over there than I was wow. doing over there. So I was telling my mom like, oh, "What was the difference?" I was still messing around. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know,
0: it's funny because uh, you said you went to uh, Roosevelt Garfield, right? <laughs> okay, when I was going to Bannon High School, right, right down the street. Um, Me and my friend, we we used to see Roosevelt and Garfield like the party schools. Uh So we used to ditch uh, like high school and catch the bus and go hang out by (laughs) Garfield and uh, Roosevelt. We didn't know nobody, but we went because of the girls, you know. So, yeah. So it's I I didn't know that about you. So did, did you play any sports in school at all? Nah, man. Nothing? Yeah, nothing. You were, you should have been uh, a fullback uh, lineman, well, or yeah, something, bro. You know, I,
1: we used to play football, but in the streets, you know, like living in the middle of the course. street. Where well, you could close yeah, like a exactly, yeah, somebody. Yeah, you know, the neighbors hated us because we we're always messing everybody's cars up. And so, you know, it's like bouncing around, you know, stuff like that. But <laughs> I, what I did take is like, uh, I remember I took in, in, uh, in junior high, in seventh grade, I took uh, clarinet. For real, yeah. I took clarinet and then eighth grade. <coughs> I tried taking a little bit of drums, but it just wasn't my thing. Then I took I took uh, guitar for a little bit. Wow. So my first song was "Start with Heaven," you know. This and very tr- 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 little start do, do Do you at all um still play any type of instruments? Nah, nothing. Uh, I okay. Just, I just you know I just I don't know like I wanted to, but then I just you know with all the messing around and, and right. getting caught up, I just like. I was just getting caught up doing, you know, just Okay, now let me ask my you a mother's. question. <laughs> yeah, exactly, my mothers.
0: Okay, now let me ask you a question. Did you graduate high school? Nope. <laughs> me neither. So and, 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 I tried. And, you know, And I say that shamefully, bro, but you know, I, I was just into the music and the women. Yeah. I, I was, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. So, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I wish, I'll be honest to you, this is just my personal uh, conviction is that I wish I could have because uh uh my mom had 10 kids okay yeah. and if i'm correct she only had two kids that graduated high school oh wow yeah exactly <laughs> so
1: uh,
0: uh when i didn't i saw the sadness in her face so i set out to like okay whatever i do from here on out yeah, gonna try to make her proud yeah you know you know i mean every parent wants to be proud of yeah their exactly kids, so. you, know?
1: you know i always look at it like it's just like school's not for everybody
0: right 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 i mean we 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 wanted to be for our our kids but we didn't want to be told exactly so so when you were a kid growing up there at at your you know your house um what type of music would maybe your dad would play or your mom would play when you would be at home i
1: mean my mom would just play because my dad wasn't really too much in my in my life like i can remember my dad being in my life maybe like Man, uh, the last time uh, I seen him, I was maybe like 19. And it was maybe like, by that time, maybe like three or four times in my life. For real? Yeah. Okay. So the music, but but he was crazy because my dad was a charro. Okay. So he would, you know, and he would sing. Mm-hmm. But he would sing a lot of like rancheras and stuff like that. And my mom at home, she would play a lot of records like Angelica Maria and Vicente Fernandez and stuff like that. You know? well, would you say right now, because
0: of your music career or the type of music that you've recorded in the past, would any of that... Bel- you believe played a, a major role or influenced you possibly for what you're
1: doing today I think I think uh, the, the Spanish side of it yeah because it got to a point where um, where we started doing a, a Spanish hip hop you know okay so I, I feel that a, a lot of the, the stuff that my mom would play influenced me a lot and okay and also uh, you know going to Mexico it helped learning Spanish. Because right. my Spanish was all jacked up, you know? Right, It was right. like what they say, you know, oh, you lo, lo hablas mucho, you know, like, right. all cut up. And that's what it was, but I learned it real good, and then, so that helped me a lot, and then the influence, of, you know, my mom played, you know, my mom right. played a lot of, like, también, uh, like, Jose Alfredo Jiménez, you know, like, old stuff, like, banda right. stuff, you right. know?
0: Right, right. You know, it's funny because... In my household, growing up, we weren't allowed to speak English at home. My father would say, "Aquí se habla puro español. El yeah. es inglés se habla fuera. You know, yeah, here my in my mom, house, mom me the yeah, here in our house, we speak Spanish. Outside, <laughs> you speak yeah. English. Mm-hmm. The bad thing is that I had great Spanish, and my English wasn't so good at school. Now that I'm older, it's reverse. You know, yeah. my English is better, and my Spanish is not <laughs> as sharp as it should be. But uh, you know, I guess. It, it, but it's a benefit to be able to speak two different languages. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Uh, so now you're out of school, out of high school. W- w- what did you get into next? As far as high school, did you join the service, get a job? Uh, you
1: know, up to no good. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of uh, up to no good and working at the same time. Okay. You
0: know? <laughs> so you always <laughs> but it was a job, up, but
1: I was up to no good still. You know, like came I came back to the states. And I was you know like I you know it, it was hard to get a job. You know, but. I would get you know like those 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 temp those temp jobs with the warehouse and right, right. unloading and loading all that stuff. So I was doing a lot of that. You okay, know? and just you know for for I want to say I don't know how many years, but for a couple of years we just going back and forth. And we didn't we didn't I didn't well I didn't get into music till like maybe like eighty nine like 88, 89 I started I started kind of doing a little bit of rapping you know like just you know N W okay. A was popping so I was I was kind of trying to mimic what they were doing. But all the homies in the hood, you know what I would say, like, you know, why are you doing that? So that's a black, that's a black man thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, why are you doing that? You know, like, and they, but they wouldn't get it, you know? So right. like, I wouldn't, so I would kind of like just hold back and, you know, and just okay. like try not to rap around them. Now, you know? if we
0: can back up before that, wh- what would you say, if you can remember, was possibly the first rap song or what was it that you think you saw or you heard that influenced you that you said to yourself, I want to start rapping, or I want to try it out, or got yeah. you
1: enthused to to look further into that. And well, yeah, you know, and I, I did skip a, a major part because I, I used to be break dancing all the time. Okay, so you know, um, were you any good? The, we, yeah, a little bit. You know, I, I don't want to you know brag too much, but yeah, you know, you was, can show me some moves thing. after, okay? Yeah, maybe around right the table, though. Okay, that'll work. <laughs> it's nice and smooth. But um, yeah, you know, we're doing a lot, a, a, a lot of um, popping was my thing, you know. And uh, one of the songs that stood out, uh, that really caught my attention, that. I wanted to start really, like, really, really, like, 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 focusing on rapping. Was uh nucleus Jam uh, on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so that was when, you know I started hearing all you know, yeah. like that, and I was like, man, this is dope, you know. Because in the beginning, there wasn't really no rapping one in the beginning when rapping right, when, when right. breaking was going on. It was just the music,
0: right? You know, it was the fast electro funk exactly
1: stuff. exactly. Like you know, so then when all the like stuff like nucleus started coming in and all that you know then i started like okay this is dope you know right, like, right. i could probably try this and then the nwa later on comes in the mix you right. know, and i'm like oh man this is that. Like, even then you know frost came in and that you know changed everything just changed
0: the game right there man <laughs> what well, what would you say if there is a song back then that you might have heard that you said oh i got i got to look into this i'll give you an example even though that there were already songs out there like rappers delight and rapture by blondie yeah. you know but it wasn't really into uh, like I, I like yeah i liked rap but it wasn't until i heard that first it's like that by, by ron dmc MC, yeah man y- you know it yeah. was funny because i usually tell people that when i was a kid because if i'm correct that album came out in 84. Uh-huh. uh when i as a kid when that album came out People on the street called it gangster shit. Yeah. Because other than that, we had Melly Mel with The Message, yeah. uh, Survival, yeah. uh, and other other songs but that we were able to relate to because they were talking about the streets. Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't until that album. Was there a song or, not, or an album that you could say, that's it, this is what I want to do? Or was it
1: a combination? It has to be uh, NWA, Express Yourself. Because wow. before that, like I said, I was getting into it like, when with, with Nucleus. And, uh, and, and then I, and then after, uh, of course, Run DMC, we're bumping Run DMC. But when NWA came in, it was like, it was like a whole nother, it was like, okay, I could relate to these guys, you know, because we were on the streets. Right. We were slaying crack. We were doing all all the shit they were talking about. Right. My bad. (laughs) Of course. I I don't know if there's cussing involved here. No, no, you can (laughs) say whatever the hell you want. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? So that's when I really like, okay, I can, so then that's when we started talking about, all yeah. the street stuff we were doing. Right, right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny because when uh, whenever I didn't go to the studio when NWA was recording, uh-huh. me and Steve were doing the mixtapes. Okay, we started doing them in eighty seven and he would always tell me, Man, you need to listen you need to hear that shit that they're doing over there, man. They're <laughs> gonna get banned, they're gonna get censored, they're gonna do <laughs> that. they're gonna And I was always like, Well, take me, let me you know. So every so often when I would go, I would hear, Fuck the police and I was like, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> These motherfuckers are yeah, really were, pushing yeah. the envelope, you know? <laughs> but uh, but that was dope, bro, because, you know, it opened the doors. It, it opened the door not only for cursing, but for people to... Express themselves, yeah. you know. Uh, for me, again, it was uh, Run DMC, and then I would say because they changed music, especially when they uh, uh, incorporated rock into their music. Yeah, with a yeah, rock that,
1: box. that changed the game. Yeah, to totally. Uh, as a matter of fact, they were the first
0: rap group on uh, MTV. Yeah, and well, that's after that. Yeah, they went mainstream, and it was all, it was all over, man. So NWA comes out, changes everything. Yep. So you, um, when around what age would you say you started writing? Like, okay, I'm gonna try this shit
1: like when i really started trying to write maybe i want to say i was already like uh, because i want to say i was already like maybe like 1920 okay when i when i said okay i'm gonna try it and then i would just write a bunch of stuff just write a bunch just write you know and it's like it was never ending so i had like pages and pages and it was like until i started hanging around with with the homies like with uh, my boy shotgun john and and clear and all and then my boy john he started teaching me how to write in bars okay Now, now how did you meet him I met him through um, okay. I met my DJ at the time when we before we created uh, Brown Town. He was he was going to high school, Montebello High School. DJ Clear, and he knew uh, uh, John through the neighborhood. Okay. Shotgun. So they knew each other from the neighborhood. And my neighbor that where I was living at, he told me, he "Goes, hey man, he goes, I was already rapping and stuff. and doing like little little demos on you know on the karaoke machine, you know. I was doing stuff like that. So then." Um, he uh he told me he goes hey man i know this, i know this uh this dude made dj's at my school and uh he's dope man you should you know you, like link up with him and then right, right. see what's up see where it goes and then uh so he played on one of my demos and then and then uh clear called me up and he goes hey man let's link up and hang out see what's up you know like right out of the garage i got my turntables at the garage and, we'll, and and uh, we'll, we'll you know we'll just you know just jump on the jump on the mice and see what you know what we create right we're like okay and he you know back then he was spinning the records you know the instrumentals the right. little piece you know back and forth right so him and shotgun came to my pad and uh and then I followed them over you know we lived in the same in the same city but just you know different neighborhoods right and then they came so then I followed them back and then you know we just started doing uh. We just started busting freestyles and just, like, written down stuff and worked there with our notepads and on the mic. And then, you know, we had the double-deck the double, the double uh, deck, uh, uh, tape player. So we were, we we're dubbing and, you know, just to see what it would sound like. That's dope. Yeah, That's so dope. then, you know, from there, we just kept adding a couple more members to the group, you know. And now, it just at, grew. at this time, who was doing the production for you guys? We didn't have nobody producing. It was just clear doing uh, beats on the, with the turntables. Okay, like, yeah, beats, he was just, like break beats sort of? Yeah, break beats. And then you get like maybe, for an example, uh, um, uh, Rapper's Delight, you know? And okay. then uh, uh, what's that other group, Sheik? Uh, uh, okay, the Sheik, you know, uh, Good Times? Good Times. They You know, so we'd be back and forth but with that. And then you just make a beat out of that. So we get like three or four guys to rap on there. We'd have no chorus or them, so we just would bust like that. So, so would you say that that
0: was the first group you were a part of? Yeah. Okay, and uh, was it, what, did you guys name it?
1: Brown Town immediately, how did that come about? Um, I think it took a couple months because we, we started hanging out with, uh, uh another homie named Roski, rest in peace. And then, uh, uh, Tricky, uh, MC M- Tricky, and it just, we just, we were a, a group of guys just doing stuff, but we didn't have no name. Okay. And then, um, I forgot who, who, somebody told us, it goes, uh, I can introduce you to this uh this lady uh Cheryl that she was looking for groups to manage and uh and so she's looking for groups, whatever. And we're like, oh, all yeah, right, cool. So you guys got any demos? And well the only demos we had, we had a couple of demos like that, just just busting raps, you know, right, like, right. with no course or nothing, whatever. So he he showed it to her and then next thing you know she came she uh she came, she met up with us and uh she goes, Yeah, she goes, uh, if you guys want, I could book you guys. To do car shows all over LA. Wow. Yeah, so you know so she was like really connected in the in the heavily connected in the car show scene. Now at this time, you guys didn't have like a four track or nothing, just a straight cassette. Just it was just, just, the, just the cassette, the, the, the double the double cassette and the turntables. That
0: that's to me that is real hip hop, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, when Run DMC started, it wasn't like they had a band. Yeah. Yeah, two turntables and a mixer. A mixer it. it yeah. And that's it. And that's what you guys had. Yeah, that's all that's, we had. And that's yeah. you guys, how you started. Yeah. So so uh, um eventually after that you guys uh how soon after that you guys start doing the car shows?
1: Like maybe uh I wanna say uh but from the time we we, we started leaking up and doing stuff, like maybe like eight months, nine months in. We okay. started doing car shows, and about you know, how many songs did you guys have? We had, we only had like maybe like four or five songs, okay. And they weren't even songs; really. You know, they were just yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, break beats and, right. and, and pieces that, that Clear was putting together, and and then I would just I would just uh, come in and you know and and all of, we just started making up. You know, I think one of them had a chorus. We started uh, shotgun started going, hey, you know, we got to add like a a, a a hook, like a hook. And then yeah. I'm like, well, what's a hook? You know, first right, <laughs> right, right. And then he's all like a chorus. You know, we got to add that. You know, and then... and so then. He wrote something, but so only one song had a chorus. And then um Cheryl, when she heard that, she goes, Okay, this one, this one, this one be dope if you guys could perform it. You guys do a car show, you guys perform that song, and we'll see how it goes, and then from there we'll start working on trying to get you guys in the studio and do a couple more demos and, and stuff like that. And the first show that we ever did was opening up for frost. Really?
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Now let me ask you something, because I get this question from a lot of rappers. And since I'm not a rapper, I was DJ, producer, I, I directed my first documentary. When you first did your first show and you went up on stage, w- were you nervous? I almost fell off the stage. Really? Yeah, I was See, nervous. and that's though. a lot of things that possibly a lot of rappers don't even mention. Because we that. had
1: never been on stage. Right, <laughs> That right. was our first time on stage. Wow. You know? <laughs> like, And right before they introduced you guys, you're probably like... Yeah, I, I'm because Because it, the stage... Was it was it was at a park, Montecito Park in El Sereno. The stage was um uh, was uh it was like a big old like a trailer. It was just like the the bed of a trailer. Right. So it was like two them, one like this and one like so you could walk around and stuff. And then it had speakers in the end. But um yeah, one of those I don't, I don't know I almost lost my balance. I almost I almost uh, went out because wow. I was nervous. Wow. So I almost fell off and I almost uh, drug a shotgun with me too because I was trying to hang out. To them. <laughs> wow.
0: So so how many songs did you have performed that night? Do you remember? We did uh. We did like uh, I think we did like three songs. We now, like now three songs. after that, how soon was your next show?
1: And and uh, did the nerves start going yeah. away, or was it always the same? It, you know what? It, it was kind of always the same. You know, just but one, but the thing that what happened is that once I was on stage, like after like two minutes into the show, you know, and the you know the crowd responding you know, or whatever, then t- t- some, you know, the, the nerves, you know. Okay, like, now I would get into it. <laughs> you
0: guys are doing shows now. Uh, when does the name come up, Brown Town?
1: Well I will say like right right before um I wanna say like maybe like two weeks before we did that show. Okay. We did that show because we're like, well, we need a name and Cheryl's like, You guys need a name, you know, you guys got two weeks. You know what I'm saying? You guys need so we're like we're like sitting around. I remember we're sitting around one night and we're just blazing and just chilling and drinking and I then, used uh, to blaze a lot. I yeah, remember that. Yeah, all yeah, the damn all time. The time man. Man. And uh and I remember uh I think it was a shotgun, and then and then the other homie, Tricky, they were talking about like, well, you know, we we, we kind of look like a gang, you know, because we're all just, you know, everybody we we all had the, at that time we didn't have the bald heads, but we had our our heads, you know, like our hair was maybe like, right, I don't know, the uh, the, remember. the half a centimeter, right. <laughs> right, right, before the bald head came in, right before the bald head came, yeah, in. yeah, so we you know, so we we all looked like cholo's, you know, so so that the at the same time, the homie goes, well, we kind of look like gang members, and you know, we, we might as well make it, you know, like. Call it Brown Town, you know, because we're all brown and this and that. And and, yeah, and they just stuck. Yeah, we just kept it. We just let's do it.
0: So uh, um, you guys did a couple of shows. Now, I know at one point, if I'm correct, Clear uh, started doing production. Yeah. Uh, how soon after that did he get a drum machine? Or what was he using that? Because I'm trying to get up to that song, uh, Dope House the in the Ghetto. Okay. Um,
1: I think uh, I want to say, like, maybe... I'm not man. I can't remember. Maybe like three, four months after that, we uh, we decided that we needed a, a sampler because he was using the Gemini sampler with his turntables. You know? Oh, okay. And I think it was like three, like yeah, like three or four months after that, we got a W, uh, the Roland W30. Okay. And you know what I'm saying? We we kind of like asking around, you know, like well, what do you think about this machine? You know, and, and a couple of people we knew had that, and they said, yeah, it, it works. You know, it samples so much, but you could get a good sound. You tweak it and. And uh so we got the W-30. We I remember uh me and Clear went halfers on it, and we went, we went to Guitar Center, we got it, and then that for the first couple of nights I didn't see him because he was just stuck in the in the garage just, right. just trying to figure it out, you know? Yeah, and yeah. next thing you know, like yeah, he started, you know, he was sampling a bunch of stuff. Next thing you know, he sampled uh, Wilson Pickett, you know. I remember Mustang that. Sally, so then we were like tripping out, but it was just the loop, it was just the loop, just the loop, and I like, was like, man, and we started rapping to it and it sounded sounded dope. So we're like, man, we gotta do something, I some drums. So he started looking for break beats, you know, and uh, right. added the drums, whatever. And then uh, next thing you know, uh, we had around that time we we had just uh, met up with uh, this other cat Gerber Baby, you know, John Branda. Gerber Baby, yeah. 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 <laughs> so we had yeah. met up with him, and uh, and he liked it. He heard it, and he liked it. And he goes, you know what? Well, we could take it to the studio and fatten it up. So we went to a few different studios before we actually got to Scandalous.
0: Okay. Okay. You
1: know, so we were at like a kitchen sink in Hollywood, and then uh, there was man. I remember we we. Um, I think the the first time we ever tracked it was a Bob Dog. You remember Bob Dog from no, no. Yeah, he had a studio and uh I, man, I forgot it was like I think it was Compton or something, man. But this guy he used to he used to produce a bunch of groups from out there, you know, okay. and so he had he had a little studio and uh, and I remember we tracked most of it there. Then we took it to kitchen sink. then we tracked like added more more stuff to it. So by and then um he hooked us up with Tim Reed. Okay, I remember, yeah, Tim and then Reed. yeah, then he hooked us up with Tim Reed, and Tim Reed heard it, and he liked it, and he was all like, "You know what? Let me add something to it." And then he asked Clear, "Is it cool?" And then Clear goes, "Yeah, yeah," you know. So then Tim Reed added his flavor to it, right, right. And then by the time yeah, so then and then we demoed it up, we wrote to it, and and we wrote a couple different verses to it, you know. until we right. finally were happy with the verses, and then we ended up taking it over to uh, to uh, That's when uh, 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 um, John Browner goes, "Hey man, I, I know there's a uh, there's one cat." Uh, Steve Yano, he has a badass studio. You guys go in there and we'll we'll retract the vocals again. Mm -hmm. You guys already have it down tight, so you guys go in there and and knock it out quick. So yeah, so and that, that's when we, we we went over to Steve Yonos.
0: Now, now let me say something for those people that may not know uh, possibly who Tim Reed is. Tim Reed, that is Tim Reed Jr. His yeah. father. For all you old school heads, was on uh, WKRP. Yeah, in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, TV he show. On, and his son is the one who uh, helped uh, put that song together. Yeah. Okay, he added to the to the track. Around what year was this? Now that you guys went to Steve, do you remember? Like roughly.
1: Um, roughly, I want to say. It was already like maybe like late 91. Okay. Like late 91. Late
0: 91. Yeah. Uh, that was possibly around the time that our, our High Seat album dropped. Because uh, uh, our, ours dropped in December of 1991. Yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. Uh, Quicks, uh, Second to None, AMGs, and ours all dropped the same That's year. When you guys,
1: yeah, you, you guys had that whole clip We're yeah. just popping, man. I remember that. I, I,
0: I'll i tell you what. Uh, and I'm going to say something. For those of you that want to listen to this song, it's available on, actually on YouTube. It's called Dope House in the Ghetto by Browntown. It, it wasn't Browntown Looters at the time. It was Browntown. Nope. Look it up. Dope House in the Ghetto. It's a dope ass song. I remember I pull up to the studio and somebody's bumping that shit. You
1: know?
0: <laughs> I don't know if it was Juice or, or remember Brian, the white yeah, engineer? Brian, yeah, I remember uh, Brian. Yeah.
1: Uh, Brian B. Sly
0: Foxworthy, for those of you that may not, may know who he is.
1: I think it was him because he was, he was uh, uh, mixing. Okay. Yeah. I walk in.
0: And I hear the uh, shotgun, at the time it was shotgun, yeah. rapping. And I w- I'm i waiting by the door just to listen, you know. Yeah. And then you come in. And then I hear the hook. And then you come in again. And the chemistry there, bro, was so fucking incredible, bro. <laughs> like, you, I, like, I really felt it. It's kind of like when I felt and when I heard the uh, proper dose stuff. Yeah. You know, the, the chemistry was fucking there, bro. And I remember uh, uh, telling Clear, and I'll still tell him today that, that production and how we put it together. Shit was fucking dope, man. Yeah, no, it was funky, man. It was okay. funky. So, so you, now, did you guys end up releasing it through Steve or releasing it on your own? How did that come out?
1: Because it did come out, right? Yeah, it came out. What, what happens? That the that that dude, uh, John Brand, the Gerber, Gerber baby. Okay. <laughs> we call him the Gerber baby because he looked like the you know, the baby on the on the baby jars. <laughs> but anyways, uh, wait, wait. we we th- need a guy. We used to call him Baby Cock. <laughs> so don't why. tell his wife. <laughs> so but uh, but uh, yeah, John uh, had his own label called Explicit Entertainment or Explicit Records at the time. Explicit. It was a little a little independent record label. Okay. You know. So he. Uh, He pretty much, uh, um, I guess, between him and my boy Skinny, which goes by uh, 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 Malo or Skindo, he has a couple different names. Okay. But uh, that's my homie from the neighborhood, so... Between him and, and him and the, them two guys, they financed it. Well, Skinny put up the money, and of course, uh uh Gerber was, you know, using all his connects to get everything done. And then at the time, he was working at Rainbow Records where they manufactured all the wow. all the product, you know? Wow. So that helped us a lot because there was a, there was um there was no money that was needed for the manufacturing because he kinda just put the order in there right. on his own, you know, and then when, right. when money would come in after the sales, he would, you know, replace that. Now uh, um what was on side B? Was there anything on side B or was it just? No, nah, it was just it was just uh, the the one song, but it was just uh I think uh it was the 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 regular the street version, the edit version, and then it they had one called the Dusted Mix. Okay. Where I don't know, it was just like basically it was just sounded all distorted. They call it the Dustin mix. <laughs> hey, you know what? It, it worked, bro. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, um, we're gonna take a little short break, and we're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk about overdose. Yeah. Because I fucking love that song. I I, I love that. I <laughs> yeah. really did. Uh, um, we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about your um, your your um, you acting. How did you got into acting? Yeah. And then we're gonna talk about your what you're doing. You know, your comedy, etc. Okay, uh, we're about to go into a little break, but before we do, a lot of people don't know that um, my brother right here was actually on a George Lopez show for two seasons, if I'm correct, two seasons. We're going to get into that and uh, how he made George Lopez, how he got on that show, and uh, um, uh, uh, the comedy that he's doing now. So this guy is very, very talented. Uh, look up. Uh, Dope House in the Ghetto, and then look up also a song called Overdose by Brown Town. And we'll come back after this 10 minute break. So stay tuned, call somebody, text somebody, uh, uh, page somebody, uh, and I always say slap somebody. And let them know that (laughs) Big Citric is in the building. We'll be back. (laughs) Yo, welcome back everybody. Thank you uh, for hanging in there. Uh, Without further ado, once again, my brother from another mother, Big Citric. We're gonna jump right into it because time is crucial. Big Citric. Before we went to break, we were talking about Dope House in the Ghetto comes out. Uh, how how well did that 12 inch do for you for you guys? I mean, I know it was not on a major label, but it was on an independent yeah. label, if I'm correct. Uh, how how did that do for you guys? What was the feedback that you guys were getting from
1: your first 12 inch? It was uh, man, it was it was better than I expected. I'll tell you that much, right? Because it was a trip, Like At first, um. You go, you know, back then it was like the warehouse and Music Plus and stuff right. like that. And I remember there was a, uh, I think it was a where, I think it was a warehouse uh, store, music store, right, round right on the corner of Montebello and uh, Montebello and uh, Whittier. And uh, I remember we used to go in there. That's where we used to go in there and buy our CDs or cassettes or whatever, you know. And uh, I remember I go in there and I see, I see for the first time, I see it on the shelves. There was maybe like five tapes. And I was just like, oh, that's you know, that's dope. So that's a good feeling. No? Yeah, that's a good feeling to see you know, in the store because that's one thing I, I never thought I would get to see one, or, you know, anything in the store like that. Right, you know? right. So it was cool. So they had like my like 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 five tapes there, little little singles, and then I remember um, we started doing shows, and uh, and and, and uh, we started just like, like 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 just going everywhere at that time. I don't know. I think at that time I don't think you were with. I don't know if you were touring with High C at the time. But I remember we did some because we, we did some shows, but you weren't there. But see was there, right. With Properdose and uh, Frost and Spanish Fly. That was up, and, up north. Up I'm north, correct. yeah. So we were doing a lot of that stuff, and I think after we did that, like that was helping a lot of the sales, and, and we got a little bit of college radio play here and there. And uh, next thing you know, um, I go back in the store like I, every week. I would go just to check on sales doing, and then next okay. time we had a whole roll. Next thing you know, we had another like two rolls. Right. And then like I remember, within like two months, we had like like a mean old section just for us. All you see is the yellow cassette tape. <laughs> as soon as you walk in, you're going to where, where all the cassette singles were at. Yeah, you couldn't miss it. Right. Right. You know, because it was on the cover was a was a cholo with a, with a beanie on, weed hanging out of his pocket, a forty ounce, of course, and a gun in there. You know, and but we would catch a lot of um, a lot of heat from the stores. They wouldn't want to put our posters up because we had posters way. with that with that image. they're like, no, nah, no, nah, you guys are promoting too much violence. And they're like, well, is doing the same. Oh, yeah, but that's NWA. Well, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So so
0: <laughs> how soon after that, or how long after that, when you guys started working on uh uh overdose? Was that your second single?
1: Uh I think you know what? It was supposed to be the second single, but it never got released. Oh wow. Yeah, it never got released. I think they just leaked it in the like in the underground, it was getting around. But we were performing that song, so people were asking for it, and yeah. it was one of our songs that people would get into because of the hook. You know, it was just it was just a crazy. Episode. Well, you know, you you
0: guys can YouTube that song as well. uh, uh It's called Over Overdose. No, yeah, no, overdose, overdose. Man, I remember when I when I it, it, it was almost the same way. I was walking to the studio and I heard overdose, 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 yeah. overdose, yeah. and I was like, <laughs> but what caught me was the sample that you guys used, yeah. bro, from The Doors. The Doors, yeah. Uh, Dude. I think it was Soul Kitchen. Yeah, because <laughs> at that time, nobody was sampling that. Nobody, yeah, exactly. And, and Wilson Pickett, The Doors, two different, like, style of music, but the shit was working, yeah. bro. Yeah, was we working. were just
1: trying to do music that was, like, jump, jump, jump type of music. like yes. You know, like House of Pain of and, and Cypress. You know, those were our, our, our influences at the time, you uh-huh. know? So... We were just trying to do some music that we could just go to a show and just like rock it, just like with no even if they don't know who we are, we're just gonna go in there, we're just gonna tear it up. And every time we went in there, we did we 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 did that song, we did no we would kill it. We would just do going like we were doing like shows for like three, four songs and then we would just kill it and it just bounce. Now now let yeah. me ask you guys. A, a lot of people
0: don't like to admit it, but I'm gonna ask you, at this time, were these shows promotion? Were you guys getting paid? Or or were you guys just promoting direct their songs we're just promoting you know today you got people you know and it has nothing to do with hate but it has to do with let's keep it real here people that we've never heard of never heard of me and my boy Greedy greg were talking about this i had him on here a couple of weeks ago and he said there's a guy right now and i won't mention his name doesn't have one radio song Nobody in LA knows who he is, but he's making fifty grand a show. That's crazy. Fifty grand a show doesn't <laughs> even have a record. He's just one of these SoundCloud, Spotify, yeah, yeah. YouTube rappers Media. that became an internet sensation. Yeah. Fifty grand, and here you guys Damn. are. You know, people don't know what a promotional tour was. Yeah. Like, you didn't get paid. Yeah, but, we weren't getting paid. I mean, but was... you you did it because you had to get the song out there. Exactly.
1: Today you got guys that just oh I'll just loaded up on YouTube. Yes, do. Yeah, that, that, no, that's why I trip on like technology. Just like. The way it is now, it just took over the whole game. I mean, we, you know, we, it it worked it worked good for the independent artists, but it killed the game in a lot of in a lot of ways. Did. You know, it did.
0: And, and and I don't hate on technology because we wouldn't be able to be yeah, doing exactly, this yeah. if it wasn't for technology.
1: But sometimes it just makes you like, yeah, wow. It, but you just got to kind of find the way to you know just kind of work with it and work and work the technology you know in your favor. Right
0: now, you guys are Brown Town. For about how long before it switched over to Brown Town Looters?
1: I want to say like, oh, man, maybe like, probably like a year after. Okay, after. Okay, what happened is with that single, like, from my, from what I know that that single, like, it, I think it went gold, man. But uh-huh. but because there was a lot of. A lot of mama's going on. Right, a, right. And a lot of, you know, a lot a, a lot, a lot, of, a lot, of bullshit that the our manager and label wasn't, you know, keeping us up on game and Right, we were getting fucked. You know, like they always say, if you don't get fucked in this business, at least once you're in the wrong business. Right. So I guess that was our, you know, we got fucked. At <laughs> least you got to lean, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. Oh. But um, it, 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 it kind of it died out because we didn't follow up right away with the full album. Okay. Because we parted ways with that guy because he was just doing us wrong, you know, and it was right. just like, we just felt like, we're doing all this work, but we're not seeing anything, you know, back. You know, let me say this. Much props, first of all, to good managers,
0: good agents. But yep. there's also a lot of managers and a lot of agents that fuck their artists, bro. Yeah. They, they do. They, yeah. They, they, it's almost like they're vultures, like, I can make money off yeah, of the guys. Yeah, exactly. Instead of taking care of them, because the, the, if you will, that could be the goose that lays the golden age where I can, we can make money. Yeah, we can all get fat, you know. But they
1: don't. Yeah. Like, Como se la puedo meter? They, you know, how they, can I stick it to this guy? They just guy? think about the crumbs. They're not thinking about the, you know, the the yeah. big picture, the whole pie, man. You know. Right. No, you're right. And then the problem was too that that dude was our manager and he was running the label. Yeah. And You know that's a no no, right? right. <laughs> but we didn't know the business eh? We right. were, you know, we were I know. hungry. We were, kids. Fresh, we were yeah. hungry, man. We just wanted, you know, we just wanted to get out there and, and get our name known.
0: So you you got you got move on from that group. Now you're Browntown Looters. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 what members were uh, a part of the Browntown Looters?
1: Well, after that, uh, right after that, uh, Shotgun left the okay. group. You know, he was he was really like disappointed. He took it the to hardest because right. you know he thought you know this was our big break, but. I, I, you know, I tried telling him, like, nah, man, you know, like, we just can't stop now, you know? I mean, this is just one single. Right. And look what we did with one single. What happens if we keep going and we put out our, you know, our, our own stuff independent, you right. know? Because by that time, we kind of, we started figuring out the game a little bit. So then we just, we just started like, well, we saw the way that that went. Why don't we do the same thing, but now I'll put out a full-blown album? Right. You know, get some money together and and, and hit the studio and put out a full-blown album. And he was like, nah, 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 that's it, I'm done, you know. I'm, I'm, and he, so he quit rapping for a while. Okay. And uh, and then after that, um a, a little uh around that same time I wanna say, I met this other homie named Cash, you know, get, okay. goes by the name of Cashflow. And uh and we started, you know, just chopping it up, we started vibing and he rapped and uh he was half black, half white, but he wasn't wasn't but he looked brown, so we were like, Well,
0: you, you know, yeah,
1: you gotta, you know, you wanna be part of the crew, Dougie? And, and then around that same time is after like the riots that went down and all or, the looting and then, you know, we were out there in the in the riots too. So after that, we're just like, you know, we're just like, well, we should just adapt that name and shit. Why not? And how, we, so Browntown we just call looters. it Brown Town Looters. Now, how long did Brown Town Looters last? Um, I mean, shoot, man, it lasted, it lasted a while because I wanna say when, uh, we started brown, as Brown Town Looters, it was like maybe like late 93 early 94. Okay. And then we just kept we kept doing stuff. We en- we somehow we ended up in Japan like in 98. Wow. Yeah, so wow. Uh, after from that Boyle Heights. from Boyle Heights to Japan, yeah. to Japan. So yes. in between that we put out a couple of albums we did. I, I remember we did uh the first album we did as Brown Town Looters was called Concrete Funk and that was like a straight underground, you know. We got one of the homies to 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 um to draw some money to manufacture and I remember, uh, the whole engineering, I got the studio time for free because at that time I was going to school for audio engineering. Okay. So the, the, I talked to the, the, the teacher. He was an old white hippie dude, really cool dude, man. And, uh, he would never let nobody smoke in the studio, but he would, for some reason, he would let us smoke. So we were be blazing in there, you know, right, hanging out. And I, and, and I told him, I go, Hey, man, this is the situation, man. We're trying to do this album. You know, I was going and this and that we're with my boys, you know, we got, we got a group, Browntown Looters. And he already knew who we were. You know, as Brown Town, he had he was, he was familiar with dope House in the ghetto. So then uh, uh he goes, damn, that's you guys. Yeah, man." He goes, "But we're trying to do a full blown album now." And uh well, you know, we need some studio time. And he goes, "Well, I'll tell you what. Look, this this could be your studio uh project." In other words, you know, you co-engineer it, you right. I'll tell you what you what you got to do. You engineer that sucker and, and and you don't you know, you don't got to pay nothing. Wow. He goes, "I'll put up everything, you know, the 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 reels and right. and everything." He goes, "And this will be your 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 class project." Uh-huh. You know, so it was already, everything was included in this. So I was like, cool, let's do it. So he taught me how to do digital editing. And, you know, like when nobody, when the computers weren't even in the studios yet, he was one of the first guys to have a computer in the studio Wow! and doing digital editing. So I learned how to do all kinds of crazy shit. You know, let, let me let me
0: share something with you about that. One guy that I believe was way ahead of his time was a guy named Donovan, the Dirt Biker yeah, Smith. Yeah, I remember him. He was the engineer for the NWA. Yeah. Stuff. That was his sound off of those albums, from the Michelet, the DOC, the JJ Fad, the Eazy-E, the NWA album. Those That was his engineer yeah. sound. He, when we started tracking in there, that was, I remember going in there like around 88 That's when I first saw him with a big old uh, computer. Uh-huh. And he was already using computer in the late 80s. Yeah. like uh, So he was somewhat ahead of his he time. He was already dead. Yeah. so But I didn't know what the hell that yeah, was. Yeah, not too many people had that. Yeah, no, not yeah. too many people. So, so you now working on it, engineering or, if you will, your own projects. Now, uh, how long did Browntown Looters last before you you ended up going solo?
1: Well, what happened is that we, we put out another album out there that called Live and Learn, which was strictly for Japan okay yeah we got a record deal out there wow so yeah after we did the the we were out there for like a week almost two weeks and then uh, after that um like i said we got that record deal there we did that album just for japan but then we ended up releasing it on cassette out here and japan released it on cd and we only printed like a thousand uh cassettes but but it did really really good out there and then um and then uh, we did a couple compilations in between so by the time, uh, I want to say, uh, and, then for, and then for a while, I quit the music industry around 98, 97, like late 97, 98, after we got back from Japan, right, I still did, I, I did a couple more songs and after that I was just wasn't feeling it and I needed to make money too. We made money out in Japan, but it wasn't, you know, right, we had right. to split it up between like three heads, you know? Right, right. So, you know, so I kind of, I, I I started to do security and that's when I, I, I did security for, um... For Master P, I was working for No Limit for a while, okay, and that's around I uh, Snoop Dogg was signed to the label, you know, and so I was doing security for them for like a year, and then after that, I, would, I remember I was on stage one night, and I remember I was I would always be on stage, and I remember Snoop Dogg and, and the Exhibit would always close out the show, and I was up there one day, and I was like, man, I remember at one time I was doing what these guys are doing,
0: right, and now I'm only
1: doing security. I go, I got to get back into this shit. That's right. So yeah. then I just you know I I, I I after the the tour was over. I, I didn't want to do security no more and I went back in the studio and we started we I, I got with clear and like, hey, let's let's work on some stuff and then um we started working on a, a, a Spanglish album. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it was a double C D. Okay. And and uh, that's that's when I had met the homie Brown Weddow, rest in peace. Yes. Around two thousand one and so we started working on that album and uh next thing you know, we're out on the road again, man, doing stuff, you know. Wow. So yeah. Wow.
0: Okay, so you released your album. What was that album called, and what were you what were you calling yourself at that time? Because it was your re- self titled. Okay, self titled. Yeah. Big Citric, or and I was calling my, uh, it was Big Citric, You know, it was Citric, but everybody would call me Big Citric. You know. Okay. Now, from that album, where
1: did Pueblo Cafe now come into play? The Pueblo Cafe came into play like around I want to say around two thousand four, like two thousand four, because two thousand yeah two thousand three we were recording the out al- the album. Okay. We got an opportunity to do, um, some, uh, some Spanish, Spanish hip hop. Yeah. That's when the, the whole Aquid and, and Quickestilo right. and all these guys were, you know, were, were doing the thing. David Rolas. And, uh, so we, we, you know, like I already knew all these cats. Right, right. So, you know what I'm saying? And they were, and they, so they, they hooked me up with this one dude that was managing Aquid at the time. Okay. Yeah. And name was, uh, Eric. And, uh, he was, he was, uh, he was, he, he, he didn't, you know, he didn't really know, even know what he was doing. Right. But he knew there was money to be made there. Right. And he had a good, he had a good, uh, you know, because he, he had a good mouthpiece on him because he, he sold insurance for a living. Okay. So he had a good yeah. mouthpiece so on him. So he had the gift of gab. Yeah. So what happened is that he, I, I don't know how he ended up managing that, with, but he ended up managing those guys, got him a deal, you know, because he was, like I said, he had a good mouthpiece. And then he did the same thing for us. One day he just heard our he heard uh, one of the stuff we were working on this one song called uh, Chavo del Trece. Yeah,
0: and then we I remember took that the sample
1: song. from Chespirito, you know Chavo right. Ocho. And uh, I remember he heard that and he was like, oh, what man? He, like he was tripping on that we flipped it. You know what, <laughs> what I'm mean? saying? So he right away goes, I can get you guys a record deal. I can I can get you guys a deal but, for sure.
0: By the way, that first Aquid album was the shit. Yeah,
1: oh. yeah, that uh, that I won't set it off, man. Yes, yes, and I yeah. remember
0: I think it was around those years. That you came over here and we uh-huh. chopped it up and I, I was like, man, I'm so proud of you, bro. That you kept pushing and you kept hustling because it was all in Spanish. If yeah, I'm correct, yeah, that one and, was all Spanish. And and uh, now uh, w- w- where did that album take you? Did you guys ever do any shows in Mexico or anything like that? Or
1: um, we did we did a few shows in Mexico. But we had already been in Mexico, like, okay. but Do and the Ghetto took us to Mexico. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we were out there doing wow. that. But, but obviously with the Pueblo Cafe album, mm-hmm. we did that. And then, of course, we did all the Spanish circuit TV, like Despierta America, Sábado Gigante. You know, you know, Sábado Gigante was yeah. like the, you know, like the Saturday, you know, the of Saturday course. Night Live of uh, Mexico or I mean, right. Latin America, you know? Yeah. So that right there, when we did that, that took us to a whole nother level because after that, we were just getting booked. Left and right. So we were doing shows like all over the place, man. And they were just like, they were rocking shows, man. You know, we're so, just
0: there. Uh, <laughs> okay, now
1: Pueblo Cafe's
0: album's out, begins to, if you will, die down. Oh, I had heard, now, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. that you ended up doing voices for either a cartoon character, or a movie. Uh, um, I forgot what it was. I think it was Shotgun who had told me. Uh-huh. He said, "Yeah, he's doing vo- voiceovers now, or s-
1: something dabbling within the the film industry or the or the TV industry." What was crazy is that around that same time is the one, when when I was doing the we were doing the Polo Cafe. Uh-huh. We were getting ready to release it. That's when I got I got called for uh for for an audition for this movie Idiocracy by Mike Judge. Okay. Okay, so that's when I started getting into acting. Now, now how did they you find know? out about you? Did you have a manager they, agent or something? No, nah, I had none of that. Like, as, you know, I mean, just my manager for music. But what happened is that they were looking for characters for this movie that was that was being directed and written by Mike Judge, the uh, creator of Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill. And what happened is that I was they saw my mug on on uh, on the a, on a website. I don't remember, brownpride.com. Right. You know, shout out to the homie Sal Rojas, you know, like... They, they got in contact with him and they go, hey, how can we get a hold of this dude here? Right. You know, we, we want to we audition him for a, a Mike Judge movie. Now, were you making that face yet? Nah. Well, I, I I would always do that face. But the picture they saw, it was just a regular, like, picture, like, me from uh, from Browntown. Chilling. Like yeah. a Browntown Lunar Pig, you know, okay. just chilling with the homies up there, you know? And that was it. And then, so they went off of that. But I guess they were looking for, like, a big Mexican-looking dude right, right. for this role, you know? Right. So... They, they get in contact with Sal Rojas, and then he hit me up. And he goes, hey, man, these people hit me up. They're trying to audition you for a movie. And I was just like, whatever. I bought it. You know, I wasn't really, like, tripping. And then he goes, just holler at them, man. You know, you never know what could come out of it. I said, all right. So I called them up. I talked to them. And then uh, they go, can we send you the script for the movie? And then can we send you your sites? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. They send me all that stuff. And cool, you know. And, dude, I had never done an audition in my life. I had the only background I had only experience doing background was when we did a uh, uh, little ghetto boy with Dr Dre and Snoop Dogg. Right. We were in the in the, in the prison the, scene in, in, and yeah. in a couple of scenes in there. And then the and uh, then the next one was I did a, a background work on a on a movie with Damien Chapa and, and Tiny Lester. Okay. It's called El Padrino. Emilio That's I, the first time I met Emilio Rivera.
0: Okay.
1: And um, so that was the only experience I had. I never did no, no other. I mean. As far as play, maybe in high school. I mean, in, ju- in uh, junior high, but that was it. And then you know, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the procedure for for auditions and all that. And they told me, don't worry about it. They walk, We're gonna walk you through it. Just memorize these lines right here and come through. You know. And I was like, all right, cool. So. Couple of weeks go by, I go down there, I did it, you know, they're filming, you know, they got the, the casting directors that they're filming, they call me back, like, a day later, they go, hey, Mike just saw your video, and he was rolling, and he's coming in, he was living in Texas at the time, he's coming in, and he wants to have a sit down with you, and, and have a reading with you, Now, right? now let me ask you this, uh, uh, when you did that reading, was it a long reading, short reading, or? It was, uh, it was kind of, like, in between, man, like, I remember I was in there for, like, a good 15, 20 minutes, man. Now, let me ask you this, was it, uh, uh, were you nervous? Yeah. Okay.
0: Let me just share with you a quick story about some some dude. Uh, when we were at Hollywood Records, which is owned by Disney. Yeah. You know, they they, they let us know ahead of time if they needed extras or if we wanted to try for parts, uh-huh. like Encino Man, a sister act. Uh, it was Sister Act 2, and I forgot what other movie, but I went to the last movie, uh-huh. and there was a guy there, a Chicano dude, right before me to try out. It's the only one I tried out for. Uh-huh. And uh, the guy was so nervous right before me, bro. Yeah. He 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 had he had the, what he was supposed to read yeah, right yeah. in front of him. And I swear to you, he did this. <laughs> and they said, go ahead, go ahead. He yeah. was like... And I'm looking at him like, shit, he's making me nervous. <laughs> And he was like, okay. Hey, you. That was his only line. That was his only, damn. And he was so nervous that he, and I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing this shit. Yeah, dude. But that was his only, and he couldn't even get it out. That's how nervous dude. he was, bro. So they just, I'm okay, we'll call you. Usually if they say that. Yeah, then, yeah, You already know how that yeah. goes. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, um, how soon after that, they called you back, uh, did
1: you start filming? Well, M- Mike... Mike, uh, like I said, Mike came in. We we sat down, and then Mike made me read for like three other parts, and I was just like that. But I don't know those lines. Nah, don't worry about it. Just read them, and it was like all right. So I read them, whatever. And then I want to say, like a month after that, I get a call because at that time I was I was uh, I was doing I was, wor- I was working on the Pueblo Cafe album, and then I was also co-hosting a TV show on Alley TV called the Hip Hop Show. Now, now, now let us know a little bit about that. Uh, how did that come about? Because a lot what? of people that I know know you from that show. Yeah. Well, basically, when I was, you know, my, my, I was talking about my boy Cashflow earlier. Yes. Him and I used to do a show in on public access in East LA. It was called BuenaVision Vision at the time, and we, we were calling it Underground Flavor. Okay. And so we would basically do like what MTV and BDT were doing, you know. Oh, but but, but we year, but all we year? had we, it was like maybe I want to say man, we started doing that like wow oh, man I'm trying to think man R- like, roughly. Roughly, I want to say like maybe like in the, in, this had to be already like in the the
0: late, the late 90s, man, like okay.
1: 90, 98, 99 around so there. So this know? was like the Chicano BET. Yeah, we, okay. we, but, the, but the thing, we were playing everything, you know. Then we were playing like dub, C, we play, uh, you know, frost, and we mix it up, you know, with yeah. like, some cube and all that. Because we started getting smart, somebody told us, dude, all you have to do is just call these labels, tell them you have a show, and they'll send you all these videos. We're like, what? We're dubbing all the videos from MTV at the time. He just throwing them. Out. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, so so then um. Hey, you were hood. We yeah, we, you know, and we did that. And what happened is that. Um, after a couple of years, the 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 producers from there they they the, they moved over to Alley TV. The producers that were there, they had they had a show called Illegal Interns, and they were also the producers for 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 everything that was going on okay. on that on public access there. So they get they get booked over to Alley TV. Now they st- now they're working on, on their own, they're on uh, on payroll on Alley TV, and Alley TV was a little small little station. It was on like um you could get it like on fifty two on the and you know you how to move the rabbit ear antennas of course of course. And uh and they started working over there. Next thing you know, they go, Hey, we need we need shows. We need shows. So then uh that's when one of the guys, a Little wet, old, uh uh my boy Richard Estrada, he said, he goes, Hey, um, you guys you uh Cast still doing the 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 show? And we had just stopped doing the show, you know, like cause it was just it was a lot of work, man. Of course, it was a lot course. of work. And we were going out doing interviews. I remember we had Dub Seal, we interviewed Dub. And oh no. We had Cam. <laughs> you know, and and I remember we, we were just like interviewing all kinds of things. I remember we had Coolio on there and um so they they that caught the attention that all oh, these guys are doing it yeah yeah so then but I told him I go dude we haven't done it in months because it's just a lot of work and I'm just getting caught up with other shit. and then I just had had uh, oh you know as a matter of fact that was around the time my son was born Eric okay so so you know so that was taking a lot of time too I was you know sp- uh, spending a lot of time with him and and doing and and you know just doing the daddy thing you know yeah of course you, you have to juggle yeah that time, so bro. it was just hard man so it's just like so I want to so then after that um they would just say hey you know what. We we uh we, we we were hooked up over at LA TV. They're looking for content. Would you guys be interested in taking your show over there? But we might have to call it something different. And we're like, hey, whatever, you know. Right. You know, let's, let's just set up a meeting, see what happens. So we they set up a meeting. They took us over to LA TV, and uh, I remember we talked to the 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 program director at the time, and uh, it was like some cool some cool ass white dude, man. He's just like you know, hey man, I have seen some of your stuff. He goes, yeah, obviously. The quality was messed up because we were doing VCR to VCR dubbing. Oh, and, wow, wow. You know what i mean? So and then a the vi- little video camera. But uh he goes, uh, but I dig what you guys are doing, man. He goes, let us produce it. And uh and all you guys gotta do is just host it. Okay. He goes, and we'll do everything else. So they put us on a payroll and it wasn't a lot of money, remember, but it, but at that time it was like to be doing this and getting a little bit of money, right? Like let's do it, you know. What I mean? And then yeah. all we were doing is like once a week show. So and sometimes we would knock out like in one day we'd be we knock out like four or five shows so we were good for the rest of the month and 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 I would still get my paycheck for them you know dope. and then, and then so that's how that ended up and they ran for like five years wow for like five years yeah and wow. a lot, to this day you know what's crazy I get I still get stopped people recognize me and go hey you need to bring that show back doggy yeah that's dope, <laughs> you know? like, that's
0: yeah, dope man. Man. now now uh, uh back to this e- idiocracy if I'm correct yeah. Uh, um, so you're you're doing this uh, this show where you're hosting this hip hop pretty much BGT yeah. type of show. Now uh, uh, they call you onto the set. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, how long did it take for you to film your parts? Did you know you
1: had a part already? Yeah, well, um, like going back to the LA TV thing, I remember that day I was getting ready to go to work. I was uh, I was across the street having uh, having lunch, uh-huh. and I get a call, and then uh, it was some lady from the casting from the uh, uh, it was. Mer- you know, the, the name of the casting was called uh, Mary new or something like that. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't remember the lady's name. She goes, hey, it's so-and-so from uh, Mary New casting. And uh, we just calling her and let you know you got the part. And I'm like, what part? <laughs> you know, like, I totally forgot, you know, that because it was already like a month and a half that went by. Right, right, right. You know, and then, she, and then she goes, the part, the one you auditioned for Mike Judge. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's up? She goes, okay, this is what's going to happen. This, um, I didn't have no agent, no man. At that, at that time, as far as manager for acting and all that, so she just started telling me, okay, we're going to pay you this much. You're going to fly out this day. We're going to send you uh, all your information. We need an email address. And it's and everything's going, like everything's just happening. I'm like tripping out. I'm like, right. I couldn't, like, I wasn't even comprehending. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. I gave my email address and that was it, you know? And then I just like, I just let it go. Like, whatever. I get the email. I didn't check it till like, I think the next day I checked it. And then it started giving me all my info. So I was getting, I had to fly out. We, we, we filmed in Texas and, and um, I remember I had to uh, fly out there for, like, a month in wow. Austin, Austin, Texas. So they put me out there for a month. But when the day came that I had to fly out, I was nervous, too. Because I was like, man, I, I don't know how I could do this, man. I don't, I've never done it. You know, like, what if I let people down? And so this was going your first movie. Yeah. And I didn't want to do it. And I was hiding. The th- the day he came to pick me up. I wouldn't open the door. There was a limousine. They sent a limousine. Wow. To pick me up to take me to LAX, and I didn't want to open the door. And I remember I see. I looked out through the side of the, the, the one of the windows, and I looked out, and I remember I seen. All I remember seeing this big old black dude, you know, just chilling in the suit, suited up, and he's knocking in, and like, and he's yelling, "Anthony, Anthony!" And I'm like, and I'm living in the apartment. All my neighbors are coming out, like, "What's going on?" You know. And uh, I thought it was the FBI, you know. Right, was, right. You know, that they were coming to pick me up for some <laughs> for something dirty. For something dirty. But I was like, I'm trying to like, like, like put two and two together. But I didn't know that they were going to send. The, they didn't tell me they were going to send a limo service right, right, to go right. get me. It I didn't know what it was going to be like that. Yeah. I thought I was just going to have to fly go go to, go to LAX and check myself in and all that. And uh, no, it turned out that they were going to have somebody do all that for me. And so everybody's blowing on my phone, my manager. It was Anthony. They're calling me. They're calling me, where where you at? They're leaving messages on my on my voicemail. And I'm like, like I'm I, like I was scared, Doug. I didn't want to do it, man. And then my, wow. my boy, boy in Peter Brown he told me I called him up and I go, What should I do, Dougie? He goes, dude, just go, man. This is Mike Judge. Come on, man. This is like it could open bigger doors for you, man. It could right. be a whole nother a whole nother world for you, man.
0: Right, right. You wow. know, and and, 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 and the it thing is,
1: I don't want to let people down too because at that at that time. We were getting ready to do the, the Drop the polo Café album, the Busca Oro, that's what it was called. Okay. The all-Spanish album. So we were getting ready. Man, they had everything already lined up. The tour, of course, the the, the Miami stuff that we were going to do with all, all the Spanish circuit, all the TV. Every, they had everything lined up. And I go, well, if I go do this, then, you know, all this, I'm letting all my homies down because now everybody else is depending on me. You know, because I had Weddle with me, I had Clear with me, I had my boy Ace. Right. And we're all rolling together as a unit, you know, because they, they all had something to do with the group. Right. Wow. You know, even though it was all me rapping, but right. they all had something to do with it that I, I needed all them guys. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like money out of their pocket, you know, because we're getting ready to go on tour and everything, man. And then, uh, and then so my, my manager goes, dude... Don't worry about all that, man. I already talked to the label. The label said, "Go handle it, man." And it goes, "Don't trip. They're gonna back everything up for a month later because I was going out there to Austin, Texas, for a month, and I went out there for a month, man. And we shot the uh, uh we, I think all my parts were shot like in three weeks. And then after that, they they wanted to keep me there for a, another extra week, just in case. So they paid me for a whole week just to hang out to hang and do the town because that, that's when you wore that that wig, Looked yeah, like they, Ron they, Jeremy. They, huh? Yeah, they got me. Like, yeah, the wig, the Ron Jeremy look. You know? You know, they did a custom wig and everything. I had to go somewhere in Long Beach. There was some lady that does wigs for, like, all these movies and all these actors. So they went over. They measured my head. And they That's did dope, yeah. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah, it was a okay. trip.
0: <laughs> okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, okay? But uh, for those of you that may not have known who Big Citric is, from Boyle Heights to the streets of Japan to hosting his own hip-hop show to the big screen, okay? That's quite a story there. Uh, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about, uh, the George Lopez show when we come back. So hang in there, call somebody, take somebody. Like I said, uh, if you got if he's got a beaver, page somebody, uh, uh, but we'll be back with more big Cedric. Don't go nowhere. Yeah, don't, yeah. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to Creature Feature. Well, no, that's my next show. Sorry <laughs> about that. Welcome back to Rhodium Radio. Once again, hosted by me, uh, Tony A., and I'm back with my boy, Big Citric. Uh, I'm not going to waste any time. We're going to jump butt naked right into it. Big Citric, thank you for being here. There you go. I love that <laughs> face, man. So now you film Idiocracy. Yeah. What comes next for Big Citric? Uh, 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 I know your second Pueblo Cafe album is dropping. Was there any other offers or or uh, how would you say um, casting calls for other movies,
1: TV shows, etc.? Well, or during the um, the filming of Idiocracy, that's what I was. I wanted to throw in there, is that Mike Judge told me goes, "Hey, I know you do music." He goes, "Let me hear some of your stuff." So I called my manager, and he got the label to send a bunch of CDs over the next day. He overnighted them, and He he, he got them. I gave them to I gave them to Mike. He listens to it. He goes, "Hey, dog, there's like three songs in there that I really like. I want to put in the movie." Oh yeah. So then that's when I got into licensing music, yeah, for, right. for movies. So it was just like the first movie and it was music and, it, you know, and it was, uh, Scarface from, from Ghetto Boys is in that movie too. Really? Yeah, he plays a pimp upgrade. Dope. <laughs> okay, so let everybody know exactly
0: what was the name of the movie, when it came out, and then, uh, how he, you know, uh, it's out on what? Possibly Netflix or something? It's, uh, um,
1: I know it's on Amazon, on Amazon Prime. It's also on Hulu. It's streaming on Hulu now. Okay. Yeah, so okay. you got to look for Idiocracy, and uh, it's uh, starring uh, Luke Wilson, Terry Crews, and uh, it? Dax Shepard, and Maya Rudolph.
0: Okay, yeah. okay.
1: So now, after that, you have your songs on there. What comes next for Cedric? That's when I got into the voiceover. Okay. Because okay. Mike judge, we we're sitting around talking, to him and he goes, you know what? I really like the sound of your voice, man. He goes, how would you like to be on King of the Hill as one of the characters wow. for one of the episodes? And I was just like, oh, you know, I love that cartoon, you know? Right. So I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm with him, man. So, so what and character did you play? I, uh, I played, um, it really didn't, he, he really didn't have a name, but I played the brother in law because Danny Trejo is like, he's, he's on there like a, uh-huh. a, a, a recruiting role as, uh, Enrique. Okay. One of Hank, Hank Hill's employees. And so I played his brother in law on one of the episodes, you know? And, and, uh, we're basically, uh, He's having trouble. He's having, he's having, um, issues with his wife, which happens to be my sister, whatever. She kicks him out, you know, and, uh, he goes to Hank Hill. He's crying over there, trying to get, you know, get him to, you know, like, you know, to, so if he could move in for a couple of days just to kind of figure things out. Right. And then, uh, um, I, then he ended up going back home, and then I ended up bringing him back to Hank, you know, with all his clothes and dumping him off at, at, at Hank's pad, you know. Okay. So, yeah, okay. It, was, it was a cool little scene. But where, where, where did you guys record these voiceovers at? It was a uh, man. I can't remember the name of the studio, but it was out there by Universal Studios, okay. in, in Hollywood. And uh, that man, that was probably like the easiest job I ever did. Man. You I were was like, just, damn, like, that was it. I was like, I was in the, I was, I was, I shit you not, man. I was in and out of there like in less than an hour. Wow. Yeah, that's an hour and I made some cool money on this So I was like, man, I used to do this. I, I just come in my pajamas all day and exactly. do voiceovers. and everything. Yeah, you no know? stripping. tripping. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sagging with no
0: chonies on. Hell yeah. yeah <laughs> so, so now, uh, uh, you did that. What comes next? Uh, how soon after that did you end up Bumping into... Or how did you meet George
1: Lopez? Because That came... Ooh, that came in like a, a few years later. Okay. Because so right after that, I got Harsh Times with Christian Bale. I, I remember and, seeing yeah, you there. I seen you there. I did Harsh Times with Christian Bale, Freddie Rodriguez, and even Longoria.
0: You know what's funny? Because I rented that movie and I'm watching it. And then all of a sudden, I see you and I'm like... <laughs> What the <laughs> hell? You know, you were. I think you told you told one of those guys, give, "Give my homie your pass or whatever." Yeah, and you got all you guys got blasted or something. Yeah, Noel because
1: no, uh, the homie Noel G was in that right one, in that one too. Right, huh? Noel and G, he's, he's in everything. He's in everything. Man. Yeah, he, I think he played Hector in that one too. Man, huh? Hector too. Yeah, Hector. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, he, but they ended up uh, making him grow his hair. They hmm. like, go, "Hey, we need we need you with uh, with long hair." This this one is like you're uh, already a reformed gang member. Dude, okay, but still okay. putting in work. Right. <laughs>
0: oh man. so but you yeah. gotta do that movie now and I also saw you correct me if I'm wrong you even had a cameo in one of my favorite movies and if you guys haven't seen it go check it out Lincoln Lawyer yeah that was a bad movie
1: yeah man, that bro. was uh, that was dope that was you know what's crazy movie. I just rewatched it the other night really yeah I was on uh, did you do you ever look at yourself and say damn I'm good looking nah I look at it and go damn I was fat still have, but you know I just I was bigger you know at that time man. <laughs>
0: okay okay well i, I say you're a good
1: look i'm like
0: god that guy oh thank you Dougie. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, so you also did lincoln lawyer uh, uh, yeah. what are the cameo scenes maybe you've had that maybe i don't know about or the public may not know that you appeared in um well shoot man i, I mean
1: i i Man, because I, I after a back while... back mountain I did, I, or no, I did,
0: what happened? I mean? Broke back mountain or no? Nah,
1: no, 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 don't man. Nothing wrong
0: with that, I guess, but you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not okay, for no. me, dog. No.
1: <laughs> it, it's a joke, so you know. <laughs> no, no, no. okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, man, you know what? I can't, off the top, I can't remember because I did so much. Like, I was even, I, I even went back to doing background for a while because after I did harsh times, like, these kind of slowed down. It was crazy because within a year, a bunch of stuff was just happening, right? And then after that, like. For like a year two years like these just kind of slowed down
0: you're like what the hell but, happened
1: but uh but then like little I would get little stuff here and there like uh I did uh voiceovers on squidbillies I don't know if you ever seen that cartoon no. it's on a uh on a Adult Swim on Cartoon Network what what's it called again uh, Squidbillies. squidbillies never heard yeah of that. I, I did uh I did a, a voice on one of the episodes I can't remember, I can't even remember the season but you can look it up um I played uh the part was the name of the was Rodrigo Rodrigo, Rodrigo, yeah, and they even asked me to do the the intro. Okay, the way well, you do it, I know you do music, so they go, "Why don't you do the intro?" And I go, "Well, how much does it pay?" Well, you know, like seven grand. All okay, mean, all we need is like ten seconds, or no, uh, uh, thirty seconds of it. Oh yeah, we're in. He goes, and "He goes, but we need it by tomorrow at eight a.m." I was like, "Oh, my God. I had no, but I had my own recording studio at the right, time, right, right." And Nugs, my son Eric, right here, was my engineer, and then I told him, "Hey." Uh, we were getting ready to go home that, that night already, and then I remember I told them I, I, I go, hey, you know what? Uh, they they want an intro for that for that thing, man. And I told them how much they had, you know, they, they like, We can't pass that opportunity up. Uh. Right, so right. we're gonna stay here all night, and we still there all night, uh, did, dude. Do you still remember the intro? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember what I said, but I remember the intro. It, you know, they even they took a piece out of it. They put it on. They put just the intro on YouTube. Okay. Like, you look for Pueblo Café, Billy's intro. Okay. And it's yeah. on there, it's, you know. So wow. It's, it's, yeah, no, that, that, that was the trip. So, so, would you
0: say you like, um, if you had to choose between acting and rapping, what, uh, forget the money aside, but what, is, what do you think you like better? If you had to choose one profession over the other. I, I know movies <clears throat> and music go hand in hand. Yeah. But if you had to choose one or the other.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I would think acting. Man. Yeah? Yeah, because I love music too, but at right. the end of the day, it's like, now, especially nowadays, it's a young man's world, you know? Of course. So course. it's like, I can't really do much with the music, but I do do a lot of licensing. Okay. Don't call me for do right verses, do stuff, so music, I always do music no matter right. what, you know, because it's it's there. But but I really like the acting, you know, like it's, oh. just, it's a trip, yeah. You, you, know, you know, I'm going to say
0: something. I know probably people will probably laugh at me, but uh, I think, this is just me, what I think, okay, my opinion, I think I could have done well in acting, but I just never tried it, bro. Never too you, late, you, you know yeah. what it was, bro? It's it's because at one point in my life, I was making really, really good money. And uh, uh, I did something that I should or have never done. I got content with what I had. Yeah, I thought it was like, I don't want to say enough, but like, I'm cool right now. Yeah. I don't need to push the envelope and get more. Yeah, And before you know it, those opportunities never came Again, back yeah. around, bro. Because I got called to appear uh, uh, scripts for several movies. Yeah. And I was always like, It'll come back around, yeah, and it never did. And, and, that, and that's the thing, though,
1: yeah. yeah. And, and one of the things that I learned over the years in this, is, just, is the opportunities there. Take it, yes, yes. If, you yes. know what I'm mean? saying? If, if you're if you're cool with it and you're comfortable with it, take it, man. Take the opportunity. You know?
0: So, so now let's uh, uh because a lot of people may not know. now. I know it wasn't called uh what was the show called with George? Was it called L- L- Lope? Lopez? Lopez.
1: Lopez, Lopez show. Now, Lopez. how did you end up meeting him? well uh a, a few years before that I had did uh, a couple years before that I had did uh-huh. a, a, a another show that was on HBO called Silicon Valley uh-huh. and the creators of that is also Mike judge okay and uh, John Ausler and, and Dave Krinsky. those okay. are, you know, those are the creators and writers of that show so basically over the last couple over the over the, those years um uh the guys John Ausler would always uh, and his partner Dave would always tell me hey we're working on something we got something in the works for you. We really want we, we we really want we want to put you on something really good but it's going to take a little bit of time but we're working on it. And I, I was just like whatever you know ain't I was no. tripping. I was just like I just kept up on my business, you know, just doing doing me working and getting little parts here and there whatever and then um one day I get a call from my agent at the time and then she said uh hey, they're, call- they're calling about something about a, a pilot hey, with George Lopez that if you're interested, and
0: there's only one George Lopez, so you yeah, knew who I'm
1: that like, was? And I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, well, what do you mean? I mean, of course I'm interested. in Of course. Know? So then after, um, she goes, okay, it's it's really not a big role. It's a real small role. You know, the the whatever you know the name I forgot what the other role was Eduardo I think it was uh-huh. the name before. Um, and then so she told me she goes at like that I go I'm cool. I'm whatever it is I'm down with it. You know. Okay. okay. So then she calls me back a day later. And she goes, Oh no. She goes, actually your role is the uh uh, uh George's uh co star. Uh, you're know, your sidekick. So I was like, What do you mean? It goes, yeah, and then she sent me the script for the pilot and then the, you know the name of the character was Manolo and then I started reading it, and I was like, Oh, I could do this shit for sure, man. Now now <laughs>
0: now, now, now when you were told you're gonna be his sidekick, did
1: you think they were playing around like, I mean, did you take a sit Were you like, what the fuck? No, you know, like I, at first, yeah, I was like, like, you know, like George Lopez. But then again, this is my agent. So I go, she's not going to dick me around. Like right, that, right, you know? right. So then, uh, um, so I told her, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean let, you know, let them know I'm down, you know. She was, okay, you're going to have a, a, a table read where you're going to meet George and you're going to have to meet the producers and everything. You're going to have a table read and, and some of the other cast members on the, uh, in, uh, in about, I think it was like a week. Whatever. So, all right, cool. So, so they gave me, you know, some time to memorize the the, right. the pilot script, you know. And uh, when I finally when I when I went, we we met up at Sony Studios in Culver, Culver City. And I remember I, I was at there chilling, and I was the first one there because I didn't want to fuck this up. So I was like, I ain't trying to go, you know. And right. I already heard stories about George don't like people when they're late on set, you know. Of course, or, or it, anything, yes, you know. Like exactly. he's, a, he's really big on on you know being uh, on time, uh, on being punctual. And I've always been like that too, you yeah. know. So, I'm like, so I was there like maybe like 40 minutes before. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, hey, so the, se- the, the secretary walks me in, and they had a, a big old table like this one, you know, big old conference table. We're sitting, and then she goes, yeah, sit down, whatever, you know, and chill out, I make yourself, you know, there's waters and some donuts, whatever, you know. I'll, um, everybody will be here in a little bit. So was, I'm sitting there, and I'm nervous too, dude. And I'm just sitting there, man. I'm just like going over my lines. I'm like, man, I hope I don't screw this up. And I'm just sitting there. And then finally, um, John Ausler walks in, and I look at him, and I go, and I'm like tripping out, you know. And then I put two two together, like, oh, this is the project these guys were talking about right, right. two years ago. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah, and I was tripping out. I was like, I was just surprised to see him because I didn't expect to see that guy. So there. it was like two years in the making. Yeah. Wow. So then, um, yeah, we started chopping it up, and he goes, "Yeah." And then I, I met his partner, the other his old partner, and then uh, and then a few minutes later, in walks George, you know, and he got he's got his sunglasses on, and he's looking at me. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, I don't know what he's thinking, you know. And, uh, and he's just sizing me up. And then uh, John goes, hey, George, uh, meet uh, Anthony, uh, a.k.a. Citric. He's going to be Manolo. And he's looking at me, and he shakes my hand, in and, and, and he takes off his glasses. He looks at me real good. All right, let's get to work. Thought, you know, it was early in the morning, like 8 o'clock in the morning, you know. Right. And, and I think he was. <laughs> he might probably was. But I was, all right, let's get to work. We sat down, brought out, the you know, the the script and everything, and we started reading, and we did it. And I... Uh, when I was done, I remember he turned to me and he goes, all right. He goes, the way you read right here, right now, he goes, you better read like that in the next room. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, we're going we're gonna to read in front of the executives for TV Land because it was on oh, TV Land at the time. Yeah. it was like 15 or 20 execs. So we go on to the us to the next room. Now I'm really nervous. Right, you know? right, right, <laughs> like, right, now I'm really shooting bricks. You know,
0: let me say this. <laughs> I believe the reason why a lot of rappers make it in the film industry, those that have been successful, like yourself, is because... Uh, First of all, let me say this, whenever I would work with a rapper, uh, uh, one thing that Dre told me was uh, like you're only as good as the artist you're working with that's what he told me he said uh, make sure that your artist memorizes all his lyrics mm-hmm. do not have him read yeah you know because he'll end up something like he's reading and that's what all the
1: you cats do this yes yeah that's what they do
0: <laughs> I, I would walk in the vocal room and I would grab their paper and I would say go home memorize, memorize it your shit. so when you yeah. come back now when you have it memorized you can add emphasis it your sounds delivery, way better your delivery will be better yeah it sounds way better so it was easy for you uh, uh, well at least it was, um, how would you say, better for you because you, you
1: already remember lyrics. Yeah. So, when you're reading scripts. Yeah. I kind of took that. Yeah. And I used that, you know, to yes. my advantage. That's good, know? man. Because so, a lot good. of people always ask me, how do you memorize? So, you know, and I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't know. I just memorize the shit. But, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, but yeah, that, I put that to use. Yeah. You know, and I well, was able to memorize well, it.
0: Rapping somewhat prepared you for that.
1: Yeah. You know, that's dope. Yeah. So, you guys read and what happens? So, we, we go into the next room. Pass me your cup. Uh-huh. Talk to we, me. We go into the next room. Refill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we go into the next room, and yeah, they have uh, like 20 seats. All wow. these executives, you know, they're over there talking, to whatever. And then they have a long-ass table, and they have all of us. You know, George in the middle. I'm right next to him. Yeah. A couple other cast members here and there. And then um, people, they all, all right, let's, let's, let's get to work. Let's do this. They all sit down, and I'm not, not, not really feeling the pressure, you know? Right, right, right. And I'm right. sitting, and, and then uh, George is looking at me, and he goes like that, and, you know, like, you're, you know, you ready? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I guess, you know. Right <laughs> so we started doing the reading, and then when it finally got to my my first lines, I stumbled. No shit. I was like, oh, man. But then I caught myself right away. Uh-huh. And then I caught myself, and then I I added a little extra of my, my, like my shit, my style, and then all the people were rolling. They were laughing, and I was just, like, sitting, and I'm, like, looking around, and I'm like, are they laughing at me, or are they laughing with me, you know? And I'm like, I don't well, know what, you know, but I guess, you know, like... I'll be honest with you, man. A lot of the stuff when I first got into acting and and a lot of the stuff like that, like I had never done television like that. Of you know? course, of course. Just you know, just little stuff here and there. So it was just all new to me. So I'm just like tripping out. So honestly, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know if it was what, part of the script was funny or not. But I think they just liked the way I was delivering the you, your and delivery, it. and yes. then I was adding my own touch to it. That's dope. And and they, and and they loved it. So when... I stumbled, but I caught myself right away, hmm. and the rest of the, the 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 read went went well. Because in the beginning they didn't want me; they they wanted to audition a few other heads. Really, but the writers, John and, and Dave, they kept saying, "That's Manolo, that's Citrus, that's the that's, guy. Him, that's him." And, and you know, even after I read, they were like, "Okay, yeah, he did a good job, but we would like to audition a couple other people." So what they did they did the focus group testing. Uh-huh. They did a couple of those, and I tested really high on both.
0: Okay. Well, you know, well so what is, for those that may not know what that is, uh, can you kind of explain what that is?
1: Basically, is um, they uh, they they film they film the 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 pilot whatever you know, uh-huh. and then they show it to a group of people, uh-huh. and then they see what the reactions are. They have to write notes. Like on they it. rate it. Yeah, they have to rate it, and I tested wow on both times because they had to do it twice because line was just like, okay, let's try to do it one more time, and then the second time I, I tested even higher. Uh-huh. So they were like, okay, this is our dude. Right, <laughs> right. So well, because they thought red. you were sexy. I I'd probably make sexy though. <laughs> make sexy.
0: Now, now before we move on, before we move on, first of all, Salute. Let's just take a little, little sip, a uh, little sippy cup. Hmm. Okay. Oh,
1: where did? Because somebody asked, where did the name Citric come from? Um. <laughs> basically, um, uh, when I was living uh, in uh my my apartment building over there in uh, in Montebello, my neighbor, the one ancient, the guy that introduced me to Claire. Uh, at that time, when we were, we we were going out, you know, doing stuff with Claire and right, we, he would he would DJ a lot of house parties. So you know, so so I would go with them. He was yeah, just come along, dude, just hang out and chill, whatever, you know. It's a, it's a good time. So I would go with them, hop on with the crates, whatever, right. just hang out, you know, and just party. And um, so at, after that, we started. We were like, we started going like all these house parties everywhere with them, and I would run into all kinds of people everywhere. And uh, and that homie, he he, he would go to a lot of these parties. And even when he didn't expect me to be there, I was there. So then that fool started telling me, he goes, dude, you're like citric acid. I'm like, what the hell is that? And he goes, that's like, look it up, man. He goes, it goes that thing is like everywhere. You're like you're like acid. You're like citric acid. You're everywhere, bro. He goes, wow. everywhere I turn, you're right there, dog. Wow. So then he goes, and then I looked it up, and I was like tripping out. And it was a trip because I was like, what the, you know, like it sounded weird and it sounded funny, but I had never really noticed until I started really, until he brought it up, and I started looking at like a shampoo Sodas, like all kinds of all citric acid. It, it contains citric acid. Right, right, right. Now, stephanie goes like, "Damn, this food, like, like, I get it. What he's talking about." Right, now. right, right, right. So you know, and my name is Anthony, so they call me Tony. You know, everybody that knows me as growing up, they they will call me Tony. So I added the the tea, citric tea. Oh, dope, so at that okay. time I was going to be citric tea because that's when everyone's using like their initial or something. You know, like iced tea. You know. Right, right, right. So I started doing that. And then they, after a while, we just dropped the T and we just called okay. me Citric. And, and that's because stuck I was with big, was like, hey, big C, big C, big Citric, you know, and it just looked like that. That's dope. Now, now, did George Lopez call you Citric or did he call you Anthony? Or oh, they called me Citric. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, or that's Puto. Puto? <laughs> <or> the other. <laughs>
0: hey, Puto, come here. <laughs> dope, dope. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, no, was, you know, here on the streets, to say, hey, wait.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. It was always a good time with that food, man. But, he, but for the most part, we he go hey, sit Or, oh, no, he started calling me Citro. Citro. He gives everybody a, a, a name. Like He'll twist your name around he'll, he'll remix it. Yeah, he'll remix it. Yeah, so he started calling me Citro. So mm-hmm. everybody on set would just call me Citro. Though, Dope. <laughs> okay. So um, you get the job.
0: Uh, how many seasons did you do uh, the Lopez show with him? We Well, we
1: only did shot two seasons because okay. they had some kind of issue with TV Land. Okay. So there was a lot of back and forth going on, so TV Land dropped the show. Uh-huh. And uh, so we only shot two seasons, but you can still find them on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime, yeah, Lopez, Lopez Show, yeah. Lopez uh, Show, look it up. Both seasons starring George Lopez and, um, and uh, Maranzo Vance and uh, Haley Huntney. Where did you guys re- record a lot of that at? Everything was in was, studio everything, or on the street? Everything was done. Uh, we did a couple of, of things in the studio, but the majority, I want to say like 80% of it, was all shot on location. Everything was out on the, in San Fernando Valley and, uh, and Burbank and oh. North Hollywood. So uh, how many times a week did you guys work or, or what was the hours we, looking like? We would shoot um we would shoot because you know cuz at the same time George was doing stand up you know and so he would um, so he would get we would we had like a weird schedule like we would shoot from um I think it was a Monday to uh no no it was uh, was the Monday to Sunday something like that it was like a weird schedule cuz George was always flying out and uh-huh. flying back in you know doing the stand up but we would do, for one episode, we would shoot about, like, four, roughly 45 days for, for one episode. For and one I, episode. Okay. And sometimes I would I would be on set all day. Sometimes I would go in just to do a couple of pickups. I'd be there for, like, two hours and then bounce, hit the beach. Dope. You know? so, G-string we did, we, and everything. Everything, man. Dope. So,
0: Dope. <laughs> flow holes with the G-string. <laughs> yeah, with the G-string reversed. With some converse on it. Oh, hell Trust yeah, dude. <laughs> I
1: know. <laughs> no, but, um, but, yeah, so we, we we would shoot for, like, three months. And, then, and three months will be one season three months will be one season yeah. wow
0: that's dope man that's dope see you're living the dream bro and uh um yeah i, I mean i was just tripping out dog. i was just
1: like, yeah. I was just happy to be there man i was just like man yeah
0: dope dope so now after that uh uh you well uh, you've always been a natural funny guy okay L- let me say this about you because i know you and i know you since the since the early 90s there are people that i've seen try to do comedy and, and believe me, I don't try to put them down. I think they're pretty funny. They learn how to be funny. They learn jokes. And then you got those people that are just naturally funny; just flows out yeah. of them. And, and that's you. That's why when I found out that you were doing comedy, I understood it. I said, like, that's just him. <laughs> you know, like uh, I'll tell you one guy that I met like several years ago. Uh, um, Cause I see him on TV. Was a guy named Kirk Cameron. Remember him? Yeah. What, what, what was the name of that show that he was on? Um, um, with yeah, the family ties or what was it? Growing, Growing pains. pains. Okay. Yeah, Classic. Okay. <laughs> Growing pains. When I met him, he was exactly. The way he was on TV, like he didn't change. Yeah. He was exactly so. I said, okay, now I know why he made it because that's just naturally you. Yeah. And same thing with you. Uh, uh, you taking it out to the stage, I believe that's just naturally you. Um, uh, 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 how do you feel now? You know, being in front of, uh, you know, people and fucking doing comedy, bro.
1: Man, I mean, it's it's a rush. You know, it's just a totally different rush from being on stage when you're doing music. You know. Okay. But because it's a, it's a little bit it's almost like it's a, but it's a little bit different. And man, but I get real nervous though. You still do? I still do, dog. It's a trip. But once I'm up there, and I get once I get those first couple of laughs in, mm-hmm. then 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 you know, like it's cool, man. But my my boy uh, Phil Medina, man, for the longest he kept pushing because he's a comedian. He's been doing it for like over ten years, stand up comedy. Okay. And he's really funny, hilarious, dude. You got to look him up, Phil Medina. And he kept telling me, "Bro, you're a natural. Go up there. Go up there. Here's the mic." I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to do it. And then one day right. he just brought me up on stage. And he goes, yeah, we got a special guest, you know, in the house. And they started started saying who I was and whatever. And they brought me up. And I was like, damn. I I was up there for like a minute, two minutes. And people were laughing. I was just saying, I don't even remember what I was saying. I was just saying shit. People were laughing. Was that during the striptease or no? Well, a little bit in between that same time, Dougie.
0: (laughs) I'm glad that we could joke around, brother. (laughs) But now, uh, um, wow. So, Okay. When have you done any stand up where the crowd just wasn't getting it? Um, like you know, possibly like,
1: damn, you know what? I, I think I, I I did one show like that, and it was like it was like yeah it was like pulling a monkey out of their ass. It was like to get those laughs, you know. So, so we it was a, it was a, it was a struggle. People were laughing, but it was a mission, though man. But here's the thing, though too, the times that I've have gone on stage, I'm never prepared. Oh, okay. Like, I don't have a set. Like, I just go up there and just... Freestyle shit. Just freestyle shit. Like, I'll, like, I'll think of a skeleton, so to speak. Right, right, right. And then I'll just go... I'll just... Start move, building. Yeah, I'll just start building out of that. So, that... I mean, I mean, now I'm starting to, like, get... You know, like, put together right. a little... Like, five, ten minute set together, you know, but good, you know, like where it's nice and tight. But for the most part, every time I went on, it's been just, like, just freestyling the shit, man. See, that
0: was my next question. How long is a... Uh, uh, um uh, actual comedian up on stage. How, how long is it usually up?
1: How, how much time do they give them? I should say it depends, you know, like Obviously it depends on how long you've been doing it. How pro uh, okay, you, you you know, you are to it okay. But um, Some comedians, you know, the, like if you go to the improv and, and you're seeing unknown comedians They're up there for like 10 15 minutes. Okay, some are five minutes depending you know. and I would always get because I would of everything I have done with TV and movies they would always give me guest spots so the guest spots only like five minutes. Sometimes ten minutes, but mostly five minutes. So when they started giving me those, you know, I would just go out and just do five minutes, you know, and just you know, like just right, just wow. kind of just kill it, you know. Like it was right. just like you know, like the the first couple of shows is like is like it's like, it's, like it's, it's 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 a trip because it's kind of like I've been learning, teaching myself as I'm going up to just going up on these guest spots. Okay, you know, but now when I go out there, now I got I have a little bit more of a. A, a better sense of it, and, you know, and and and, and I'm writing my stuff down. Yes. So, but even though it all, it doesn't always come out exactly how I write it down. Right, right. But I, I work with it on stage, and, I, and I'll make it work. You so, know, this is weird, don't you Okay.
0: Now, let me ask you this. You know how a lot of um, rappers today, I mean, I, and I know a lot of comedians have what they call today ghostwriters.
1: Yeah. Do, do you have anybody write your stuff, or is that all you? It's all me. Well, hey. that's what I'm saying. Most of the stuff, just when I go up there, wow. I just do this shit, you know, and it's funny because the first time like okay, like I had already done for a couple of years. I was doing little, uh-huh. couple minutes here and there, couple of minutes here and there. And then one day, my boy Phil goes, "Hey, I'm gonna put you on on uh-huh. our lineup. We're doing out here in the Ventura, Com- uh, the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club. That's what it's yeah. called." He goes, "Um, just go. Up there. You're gonna do a full five minute set." Okay. And I'm like, oh, "All right, you know, I guess, you know." And then mm-hmm. like, so like I'm trying to like think of shit, you know, what to do, right? Again, and I can't come up with nothing, but I kind of have a, a rough idea of what I want to do, right? And I still can't come up with nothing. Finally, the day of the show comes, uh-huh. I go out to Ventura. We're sitting in the green room, and we're just chopping it up. And then he goes, all right, after this comedian, you're, you're up next. You ready? And I'm like, well, not really, but yeah, you know, let's fuck it, Let's do it. <laughs> you ever take a couple of swigs and like, fuck it, let's do it? I, I remember I, took a, I drank a Corona. I, okay. I, I, I pounded the Corona. I took one shot. And then he goes, dude, you're a natural, though. You're going you're gonna to be all right. You're going to do good, right. man. And then on top of that, they were taping for television. I still got a little bit
0: right here, though. No, no. no. Hey, <laughs> see, see. hey, come on, man. Come on.
1: Keep so, talking. So he uh, um, he he, he tells me you're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna do great, dog. Don't don't even trip. Don't even think about it. Just go through. You're a natural. You're, right. That's all he kept telling me. You're a natural. You're a natural. And then I told him, I go, you know, I, it's funny because you keep telling me that, but I don't feel like I'm a natural, Dougie. Right. Right. And right. He kept me, no, you're you're gonna be good because I always doubt myself. Like, of course. I always had I'm on like I'm always just doubting myself when it comes to that. And everybody else always telling me goes, dude, you got it. You just go through, and just do you. That's it. Right. So then once I kind of figured out that formula, then then it started getting easier. So I, I went out there and I stumbled a couple of times, but I caught myself, but the people were rolling and shit, man. So it was good. And then mm-hmm. you know, and then after that I remember uh I had posted it up and I remember George Lopez commenting on it he goes, Hey, congratulations, Citro. That's dope. Man. He goes, you know, he popped the cherry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, he popped the cherry, popped the cicloso. Yeah, no, but it was cool, man, that, that he recognized that shit. You know? Now, you know, now, now let me ask you this: do, do,
0: Are you, do you still keeping good contact with George Lopez? Or yeah, here know? and there, you know, like he's always busy, but I, I, I still message him back and forth once in a while whenever that'll, we get a chance. That'll work. So, 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 let me ask you this: um, Wrapping this up, go ahead and uh, take a little sip. Let's take another another little sip in front of the salud public. And salud. Thank you for yeah. coming, brother.
1: Yeah,
0: though, thank you for having me. Mm.
1: Okay. Um,
0: what what is next for Big Citric? Is there anything that you're working on that the public should know about? Should be expecting? Should uh, is there anywhere where you're going to be performing at? Where we can catch you? Um,
1: as of right now, the only thing I'm really really like focused on is my podcast. Also, okay, yeah, we yeah, have yeah, Big, big, big Citric podcast.
0: Yeah, promote that, brother. Yeah, promote so that. you
1: know, basically, it's you know, it's on all streaming platforms, and uh, right now we've just been doing audio. Okay. but i think we're getting ready to take it to video like the way you're doing okay so right now we just been focused on all, all the audio so we were up on all every streaming platform right and it's been doing really good so you know thank you know thank you to everybody that's been tuning in and listening and yes. shit like that yes. and you were on one of the episodes too, that's right you know? that's right thank you for you having know? me brother yeah, no, thank you for coming
0: through dog. You, you, you know let me say this and let me encourage you to do the to do the visuals because people people want to see yeah them. exactly People yeah. want to see so if anybody's out there interested and wants to do a podcast I encourage you because now we have the technology and use your voice. Honestly, use your voice to promote yourself. You know, uh, uh, don't wait on anybody. Do it yourself. So allow me and Cedric to encourage you. But like I was saying, yes, I would say get on that because people could listen like if they're on a plane, a train, driving or whatever. But it's nothing like going live and people seeing you, bro. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, no, no. I was talking with my manager, which is also the producer for the podcast, uh, okay. Albert, aka Rabbit. Uh, m- and, m- much love to Rabbit. Yeah, much love to Rabbit. You know, and and uh, he's been, he was telling "Goes dude, I think I think we're getting closer to go to video now. You know, like that's the next step because a lot of people are asking for video, yes. visual, and th- and that's what it is these days, man. It's, it's yeah. the visual, you know. Yeah, you're right. And um, so yeah, so we're we're about to take it to that level, and and then uh, we got a couple other shows that we're we're trying to develop right now too. Okay. For good. 2020, you know, so we got some people that are interested in in um. Possibly doing like almost like a spinoff of Manolo, I guess. Right, right. But we don't know exactly where you know what what direction we're trying to take. But that's those are the talks right now, you know. Okay. So we got some stuff in the works for 2020. It's just you know how it goes, man. It's a little process, man. But once we get that ball rolling, boom. Most definitely. Well, well, let me say this, bro. First of all, I
0: wish you the best. I've been knowing you for a long time. And one thing that I love and I admire about you is your hustle, bro. Your hustle. I, I, whether you're a, a man, whether you're a woman, if you hustle, believe me, uh, I, I love somebody that has an awesome work ethic yeah. and you've, you've never stopped. You've always continued. So I wish you nothing but the best Appreciate 2020 it, and beyond. Uh, thank you, know?
1: Yeah, you too, man. You know, uh-huh. it's
0: funny you say people have been asking for visuals. It's funny people have been asking us for podcasts, uh, right. uh, audio. just the audio. audio yeah. So we're going to be doing that for 2020 yeah, as that's well. That's dope, man. Yeah. But it's just that we have to get all of our audios cleaned up first yeah. and then uh, put them on all platforms. But eventually, that's the way yeah. we're going to get going. Is uh, Other than the Manolo project, is there anything you want to do personally is there anything in the back of your mind that you you say you know what I I wanted like for me uh, not only do want I want to continue to do hip-hop documentaries yeah. You know, uh, uh, and we're working on one right now about Chicano rap. Yeah, but uh, I want to do a scary movie, bro. And and it's funny because I told my boy John because I want him to film it. I want my boy DJ to be involved in it, but you're in it too. You, I just oh. haven't told you, but, <laughs> you, but you're mean, already
1: in it. You already okay. know me, though. I mean, I'm a phone call away. Don't e- you? <laughs> e- exactly, bro.
0: So, but but that's my goal. Is there anything in the Becca Cedric's mind that you say you know what? Uh, uh this is my baby. Is what I want to do. Is there anything else out there? Um,
1: man. I mean, there's a couple, like I said, there's a couple of projects in the works, but we just can't really say oh, okay, too much okay. about it. Okay. But you know, you know, once everything is, you know, is is is, is ready to rock right. and roll, then we'll start letting the cat out of the bag. You know. Exactly. But I always tell people, you know, just go to my website, bigcitric.com, and then, big you know, Little know my little. We'll start letting everything out right there. Right? And also at uh uh your um a um uh, Instagram, Instagram bigcitric also. Okay, big. Citric. So yeah, oh. pretty much all social media. It's all bigcitric. You know, from okay. face Facebook to. IG You said <laughs> that was good. Yeah, doggy. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. S- salute one
0: more time. Salute. Salut. Salut. Okay. Salute, <laughs> salute salut, everybody. Thank you. I wish I can give you guys a sip, but you know, pretty soon we're gonna be able to scratch and sniff texts. Uh, text. I can be so. able to drive home, Doggy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, before I give my shout out, oh oh. Any shout out you wanna
1: give? Any, um, any promote, say yeah, whatever I you mean, want. I mean, once again, you know, uh the homie Red Rabbit, you know, uh, uh AK Albert or Albert A.K. Rabbit, my my manager and uh, producer for the podcast. And uh also the clothing line uh solid King. Solid Kings. You know, so look for uh, solidkings.com. Uh, uh big shout out to Mr. Pete and Don, you know, they're 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 my partners running the running the clothing company. And my boy Blur and you know, just everybody has just been down with me, man. Just Putting that work, man, and, yeah. and 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 you know all the you know, of course, all, all the OG homies, you know, Skinny, yeah, Shotgun, you know, A.K. John Doe, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, DJ yeah. Clear, you know, I haven't seen you Clear in a minute, but you know, big shout out to him, no matter what, we've always you know, we've always been Dole. cool, man. We were you know, we were we were partners since day one, man. You know? Yeah,
0: that's good, man. Well, Big Citric, I want to say thank you once again, very much. You're always welcome here whenever you want to come here and promote. Uh, share whatever you're working on the door is always open so once again brother thank you very thank much you, you know you, don't go yeah, nowhere we're gonna take, continue to take shots so all right we're gonna call you uber oh uh, uh a mexican uber you know yeah, how the don't, mexican yeah. tax, taxi drivers yeah, are the TJR. <laughs> okay everybody uh once again it, let me give two shout outs really quick this hat right here is from my boy from san pedro his name's willie g from the influence era this was his hat he blessed me with it he actually came to my neighborhood here in Wilmington and blessed me with this hat. And I told him, I gave him my word that I wasn't a it. So if you guys wanna reach him, it's the Influence Era on Instagram. Uh, Willie G from the Influence Era. Much love, much respect, brother. I keep my word, bro. Okay. Uh, the next brother is this shirt right here. He's a guy that actually sponsored me. I reached out to him. He reached out to me. We agreed. He sponsors me. I, I wore his shirt during the uh, Roddy Mix documentary. Uh, his name's Chewy from San Diego CH1 shirts you can reach him on Instagram CH1 shirts and uh, uh, you can get all your sizes different colors believe me to me in my opinion he has some of the hottest shirts when it comes to like cars rims uh, lowriders shit is dope okay Uh, so much much love to Willie G and Chewy once again Uh, then I want to thank my boy John Elkins John motherfucking Elkins Uh, um he's the real second to none. There's there's nobody that comes close to this guy. If it wasn't for him, uh, um, this show wouldn't be possible. These shirts wouldn't be possible. Speaking about the roadie mixing apparel, these flyers wouldn't be possible. This documentary wouldn't be possible uh, with John Elkins. Also my boy, Daniel Jones, DG Media Clips. Uh, Once again, he filmed a great deal of the documentary. Uh, much love and much respect to him because again with him also None of this would have ever have taken place. My boy Roger Mera uh, also goes by Roger live He restored a lot of the sound a lot of the mixtapes and these mixtapes uh, uh, The new mixtape that we were remastering that are going to be coming out in 2020 He's the one that's going to be remastering them So if you want to reach him Roger Mara or Roger live on Instagram Also, uh, Boomer, the Remedy Yard, Boomer did it. He restored a lot of the sound. My boy Wiz from the Black Forest crew, he restored a lot of the sound. Uh, uh, Kerry Fujita, South Bay Drones. You can reach him on Instagram, South Bay Drones. The best drone guy in the business. I don't give a shit what anybody says. The best drone guy in the business. Uh, uh, My boy, Mario, uh, um, the Scanless photographer. Um, If I'm forgetting anybody, uh, forgive me. My son be Scanless for helping me promote this. Uh, be scandalous. much love, much respect to him, uh, even though I still outwork him in the gym. But uh, anyways, once again, the response to the Brody Mixtape documentary has been overwhelming. And I just want to thank everyone. Soon, I'm going to put up a post on my Facebook and on my Instagram about uh, um, and have people comment on what they think. I, I have not had not one complaint. Not about the price, not about how long it, it is. But about how great it is. People have told me that it's epic. Uh, it's one of the best rap, uh, uh, hip-hop documentaries out there, okay? And I've told people the reason why it took so long was because it had to be a hit. It couldn't be a miss, okay? This is going to go down as far as West Coast hip-hop history and is based on Steve Yano, the Japanese vendor from the city of Whittier. That's right, Whittier, okay? A lot of people know that as a Mexican town, but a Japanese lived in the, in the midst of that. He loved all these. He believed in Chicano rap, and he signed uh, proper those to their label. Uh, so once again, the Rody Mixtape DocuMixery, you can live stream it at DocuMixery.com. And uh, next week, we're going to have a special guest. We just had the godmother of hip-hop. Now we're going to have the godfather of West Coast hip-hop. We have the godmother of West Coast hip-hop, which is Violet Brown. Now we're going to have the godfather of West Coast hip Uh, west coast hip-hop you're gonna uh, wait to see that tomorrow on my ig or on my facebook you will not be disappointed and once again to all those chicano rappers that i've been reaching out to uh some of them haven't responded some of them have and i thank those that have but those that haven't you know what i don't ask twice man so when this shit takes off do not ask me again okay because i've asked you you don't return my phone calls you don't return my text and i shouldn't have to email you dude honestly you're not that damn hollywood Okay, so uh, uh, I'm not going to ask again, bro. So listen, uh, sleep on that and um, see you guys next week. Thank everybody for tuning in. God bless. Have a blessed night.